0: Hey, it's your pal Mike Shay from Sly Flourish, author of Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, and you're listening to Morris' unofficial tabletop RPG talk.
1: This
2: week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica take a look at Dragonlance, Shadow of the Dragon Queen. In the news, the new D&D 1 playtest document's been released, two more Dungeons & Dragons releases are coming soon, we have a release date for Blade Runner RPG, an update on the status of the Hellboy RPG, and more, plus a brand new sketch about finding out exactly how evil the evil baddie is, this week on Morris' unofficial tabletop RPG talk.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Morris Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk. H- hang on, this is Morris Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk. Is it sponsoring itself? But why? We're stuck in some sort of recursive loop, trapped in an infinite void of mirrors, spiraling through eternity in an increasingly self-referential abyss. Cursed to... Uh, oh, oh, it's just a typo. Never mind. All oh, the tabletop are news. We, and we and is unofficial tabletop RPG.
2: Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's
3: unofficial tabletop
2: RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ. Jess is dancing for some reason, and with me this week is.
3: Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. And yes, we are here with the dance hall queen of TikTok. It's the one. It's the only. It's,
4: it's me, Jessica from EM Publishing. And you will find zero content of me dancing on TikTok. Could change that this weekend if we fancy doing group dance at Dragon Meet because we're all going to be at Dragon Meet. <laughs> Do you think we could learn the when, I don't know if you've seen this, the Wednesday uh Adam's uh dance she does in that T V show. No, but
3: I think we should do the Peacemaker dance. I'm pretty sure Russ does know the Macarena off by heart. I think I did know a bit of it once <laughs> many years ago, but I can't remember it now. <laughs> oh for the listeners at home there was a classic Russ face of Oh sh yes I do actually know that. Oh 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 I oh, engage with sure confess though. Ah bless him. Anyway. You don't know the Peacemaker dance. <laughs> I've never seen I don't think
4: I probably do, but what? Like, only I just don't know the name the
2: Peacemaker. Oh no. man Oh have I got
4: something
2: do to say Do you after. I, I can't do okay. it we, We'd have to learn it But mm. it's amazing
4: Alright well that's what we're doing at Dragon Me this weekend Anyone else yeah. going to Dragon so Me want to join so in?
2: So Google Peacemaker Dance It's basically the only credits to Peacemaker Not now You'd have to sit and watch it for it three now. minutes
4: It's three minutes long?
2: Well I don't know Maybe one minute or three minutes Or ten minutes Or zero minutes One of oh, yeah. those things
3: That That is a lot of dance mm. It's learn. a good dance though well, you we'll be the of that. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations, boss. You managed to derail your own podcast. That's got to be some sort of effort.
2: So we do have an awfully actually, we have several awfully cheerful questions. I'll ask you the four really quick ones first, but this is a quick fire response for these okay. four, and then I'll, okay. then I'll ask you then I'll ask you the real one. So, question number one from Darren Morrissey: Who's he? Is it Friday yet? Yes. yes. Question two from Lee Williams: Have you written a sketch yet?
4: <laughs> I have not. not. My job.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good. Okay. Question three from Birdie Monsanto. Who let the dogs out? Sorry. Uh,
4: I did. I just took my dog out for a walk before this.
1: Woof, um, woof, woof, woof,
2: Question four from Benjamin Rogers. If you undo your belly button, will your bum fall off? Uh, yes. No. It's true. Um, we have a conflicting answers here.
3: Well, I, I can't speak for Jessica, but I, I regret experimenting. That's all I have to say.
2: That's a vision that I can't shake now. Okay, let's move
3: on. I took the craft disturbing mental image has a greater feat where I love yeah, that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sorry, a
4: new, <laughs> there's a whole new meaning to the term navel-gazing, doesn't it, really? Oh,
2: doesn't know, stop right? it. Stop. 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 <laughs> move on. So, no, the actual question this week. This <laughs> week. The
4: actual question. Who's the actual, actual question? question? Yeah, okay, let's uh, do From it.
2: Benjamin Rogers, if you have a great idea for a campaign Yeah. but your players don't seem keen, Apart from finding another group, what are good ways to sell the idea to your group and getting their buy-in? I can answer that. Go on, then. Because in my group and in my experience, generally, someone wanting to run a game is generally a rarity. So if someone's happy to run a game, everyone's like, okay, fine, I'll play that. Whatever it is, you're running it, I'll play it.
4: That's not really answering the question, though, because that's, I know, that's, saying, what I, that's my if-
2: experience. Though. Oh, okay.
4: Peter, do you have any insight? Do you have any... I don't have any experience in this, but I have an idea. So do you have any experience uh, in many yeah. years of being a game master, if you will?
3: And running all sorts of different games for mm-hmm. all sorts of different systems. Mm-hmm. And generically, the best way to do is if you say, let's run d people say yes. If you say, let's run Fate, people say no. But <laughs> if you say, let's play Space Pirates cruising through the inner space system, um, stealing random rocket ships, and it's a game all about leveraging yourselves from zeros to uh, challenging the megacorps and um, authoritarian governments that are challenging, the system, challenging space, people will be like, take my money! And Fate is like, yeah, we're using Fate to do it. And they'll be like, yes, yes, but get to the space pirates.
2: So so what you're saying is sell them on the story, not the system?
3: Yes.
4: Yeah, okay. yeah 100%. That's always how I pick games, though. The system is kind of Secondary to me, because I enjoy learning new systems. So oh, it's oh. it's the system won't get in the way of the story. I'm much much more important to me is the story and the people I'm playing the game with. Yeah, um,
3: yeah. I, I'm happy to play any system.
4: Yeah. yeah, I think
3: I I, I, thing, I have yeah. got fussier. To be fair, because there are styles that I just don't enjoy. Okay, but, so, yeah, uh, I'll rephrase. Uh, that's fine. I'll try.
2: Just,
4: yeah, that's, I'll, there, yeah. are, there are
2: some that I'll find I, I'm not so keen on, but I'm happy to try any. And
4: there'll, there'll also be some campaigns I won't jump into if I get invited because I'm already playing one. Like, I'm already <laughs> in a level-up campaign, so my other one's a woofer-up one. And if <laughs> someone invited me to join another one of those, I might be like, oh, I'm already in one of those. I'd rather, if I'm going to take on be, a third you're be campaign. another
2: level-up campaign in January as well.
4: So. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. I know. <laughs> you're Uh, exactly but I'm going to try
3: something
2: if it's only only consolation I have to run two level up campaigns at the same time and try not to get them mixed up
4: yes I'd appreciate if you didn't do that that would be fantastic (laughs) but my answer to this question as a player would be if my GM um, was and it was a setting they said opposed to system
2: Mm. 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 Yeah.
4: So if they were like, I want to do this story and it's about this, and I wasn't. Sense, it was a
2: campaign, was the word, but yeah, campaign. Okay. So yeah. it
4: could be, it's not necessarily the system people didn't like, it might just be the, the genre. Um, and if it was an idea you had opposed to, like, you're writing your own homebrew opposed to a, a book game, because obviously if you're running out of a book, it, it is what it is. Um, uh, one thing I'd say is get people to buy in in session zero, be like, okay, why don't we do a session zero where we collaborate so that they can put some of their ideas and things they want into the game? So, because then, and also you can figure out what it is they don't want about it, because maybe there's like themes or topics they they assume are going to be in that genre of whatever you're doing that they don't want to play. And you can be like, oh, we just won't have that in. We can just do it this way. And then then maybe they'll be like, oh, great. So I think maybe just talking about it and then suggesting doing a session zero where possible if the, you know, people can kind of create the world a bit with you Mm. so that they have some buy-in and some some narrative control Mm. over what's going on.
2: Of course, the other methods are the two Bs: bribery and blackmail. I'm not sure I'd recommend those, though. Maybe bribery. I
3: don't
4: know. Bribery. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd recommend, recommend they bribery.
3: bribery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when people try and bribe me, I love it.
4: That's why Peter comes back to do the podcast every week.
3: What'd yes, be... the promise of chocolate Kit Kats. What chocolate Kit Kats? You I don't
4: are worry. Behind. I've been. So- I've been. So- I've been. I've been sorting it as business manager. <laughs> All right, okay, fair but... <laughs> okay. Anyway.
1: Should
4: we talk oh. about the news? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of news. There's so that's much almost, news. Almost,
2: almost too much news.
4: Where do you want to start?
2: Oh God, I don't even know. Um, should we start with D and D, or should we end with D and
4: think let's start with D and D.
2: Okay. Let's so, start with
4: dungeons and/or perhaps including dragons.
2: I you can't have both, that's just greedy. Oh. Dungeons or dragons, I think. And all
4: yeah. both. I will want both in my campaign.
2: I <laughs> I don't think that's fair. You want dragons in a Dragonlands
4: campaign. Well, the customer is always right in matters of taste, so. Oh. Since when were you my customer? I've, I've, bought the <laughs> 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 I've bought EM Publishing stuff. I've bought EM Publishing stuff before I worked are, yeah. for the company. <laughs> so, so
2: technically, you are a customer and therefore you are always right. In matters of mm. taste.
4: No, in matters of taste, yeah, that's the very important piece of oh, people I, I, I was going to say, yeah. that's
2: in a ch- somewhat changed and working dynamic.
4: It's gonna be a- in matters of taste, like okay. you know, okay. everyone is. Anyway, should we t- tell me what's happening with Dungeons and or Dragons? So Russell? much stuff there Go was so on. much
2: stuff. Okay, yeah. shall we start with race or the lack thereof? Uh,
4: um. Yes. Is this what a lot of people are very angry about on the internet?
2: I expect really? that a lot of people are very angry about it on the internet because the internet exists and that's how the internet works.
3: Well, I'm sorry I assume that none of us here
2: are angry about it, but
3: <laughs> all no. the people I've seen are very happy about it.
2: Generally, I've seen I've seen positive responses as well. So yeah. i well, I'm not on Twitter. I'm off Twitter now, so I, that's right. probably where it's worse. So Wizards of the Coast yes. has declared that they are permanently removing the term "race" from D anD. d Good. In
4: everywhere in one D&D, they've said.
2: In one yeah. D&D, so yeah, yeah. The, the next edition of d Yeah,
3: yeah. So... Um, I think they had it as a rule mechanic marker or something like that. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, they said, we have made the decision to move on from using the term race everywhere in one D&D, yeah. and we do not intend to return to that term. There's a whole blog post about it. which is, Yeah. Well, basically, it boils down to that. Um, it's, pre- it's pretty short. They remove race. They're replacing yeah. it with species.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: So where Pathfinder uses ancestry... Mm-hmm. Level Up uses heritage.
3: One D and D will be using species, along with Starfinder from Paizo What does Starfinder use? Starfinder is now moving to use species.
4: Oh, okay. okay. That yeah. makes. I mean, that makes sense to me, isn't it? It's yeah. like you know, if you're a Dragonborn, or, did, or did Starfinder
2: know. say race before, or what did they say before? I don't know what they said. before I think
4: they've always done. It's been quite a sci-fi thing to do species.
3: Yeah, they.
2: they, didn't, they, they,
4: didn't, didn't, they that's what Star Star Trek do as well, isn't
2: it? you think? so yeah, Traditionally
3: sure. species has been seen as less of a fancy term star, uh, It feels slightly more, more scientific, doesn't it? I yeah. think is the
2: is the feeling of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I know, don't, it's what you get used to though, isn't
4: it? Yeah. And you,
3: I don't and you know what Starfinder were using before. But mm-hmm. but they announced that they were changing it to species.
4: So one D and D have said we're not using race anymore, we're using the term species.
3: Yes, yeah. yeah. So
2: they apparently um used multiple outside cultural consultants to settle on the term species, which makes me think that presumably they considered other terms heritage yeah. ancestry. I know they were using mm-hmm. lineage a while back, they yeah. sort of mm. like flirted with the term lineage for a bit and then went mm. back to race, didn't they like a couple of years back yeah
3: well yeah probably recall. because people were saying line age line um, <laughs> um, so so it's interesting how that process happened
4: yeah.
2: And why they didn't stick with lineage, or what they felt was better with species over ancestry or heritage, or the you know other 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 options. But I guess you know any any would just fun. I think it's good to move on from race. Yeah, I don't think it matters too much which term you choose as you choose one to stick with it.
4: Yeah, I guess you just so. get
2: used to it, and you'll then you'll then associate it eventually.
4: I have seen you know. some people on the internet be angry about this and upset about oh, this gosh. because of course it's the internet and i yeah. think it's because there's not an understanding of why because i think some people are confused and think we're getting rid of the word race because you shouldn't mention anyone's race and you shouldn't talk about it and it's like no like i think you can celebrate all the diversity within dnd and in the real world but the issue with with race if, if you're not sure if you don't understand why if you google the history of the term race and when it started getting used and why it's mm. heavily linked with um, yes, scientific um, yeah. racism and eugenics. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you the, can the, have a look in your own time on the internet about that. Yeah, yeah. The, fact that the um, very word yeah.
2: has real-world baggage outside of yes. the game, hasn't it? And
4: some people yeah. uh, just don't want to deal with that when they're playing a game because they have to deal with that baggage in real life. Mm. And if you're complaining about the changing of that word on the internet because words don't matter, please see the irony of your comment.
2: Um, mm. There is one caveat to that. In the mm-hmm. survey for the playtest, they are going to uh, allow people to give feedback on the term species. So, while they're currently using species,
1: mm-hmm. they
2: said they're definitely not going back to race. Yeah. They're currently using species, but it looks like it's not necessarily set in stone that species will be the final term chosen.
4: Okay, so they could go back to lineage or heritage, they could really, or, Yeah, yeah. But at the moment yeah. they're going with
2: species and we'll see what happens, I guess.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Who knows? So, there's more, more D&D stuff, of course. But the, so, the
4: playtest
2: do document... Yeah, well, let's go on to the current playtest document in yes. a minute. Yes, okay. Um, because I want to talk quickly about the previous one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because there was a big survey on the first playtest document, the character origins one, if you recall it.
4: How big mm. was the survey, Russ?
2: Well, it was pretty big. um so, uh, so this was, what, three months ago, I want to say, about? I can't remember exactly when it was, the character origins playtest document, because there's been two. Mm-hmm. The first one was a bunch, the second one was a bunch of classes, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And the first, and the first one was character origins, which was, at the time, races. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. So, um, they have published the results of the survey. Well, not published them, but talked about the results of the survey. So first of all, they talked about how many people engaged with the survey. Mm-hmm. Over 40,000 people engaged with the survey. 30, nice. uh, 39,000 completed it.
1: <laughs>
4: That's that a We lot, will, but we will, Yeah. yeah.
2: If you count the number of people that, come... yeah, I would have thought that would be a lot higher compared to some of the volume of responses we got on some surveys, but
4: I thought they'd have an order of
2: magnitude higher.
4: How did, how many did we get? Um, we, we
2: we were in a sort of
3: 25,
4: 30. Hmm. Oh, really?
2: And they're on on like 39.
3: So, impossible to see who does it. Do
4: you think it's the same people? There's just know. a group of More. about 40,000 people who, who just do like play test <laughs> for tabletop RPGs.
3: <laughs> They're just addicted to surveys.
4: Well, thank goodness yeah. they exist, because, you know... Yeah, yeah. That's uh, very helpful.
3: Well, I mean, I mean uh, so, it, D- D&D players and so forth must number in the millions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 50 million, I think, is the So, to, yeah. like, 40,000 is... So,
2: this is a decent representative sample.
3: If you took... Yeah. Is it, though? Because if yeah, you take 40,000 away from a million, you've got a million. Right, just saying.
2: Yeah, representative samples. You only need a tiny percentage for a decent
3: representative sample, and yeah. then the results won't change if you double it, triple it. But that's you know. a targeted sampling technique.
4: It's unpaid Sorry. as yeah, well. Yeah, well. to
3: Talk about that. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah but it's, so like it's
4: unpaid true. as well, and also I think unpaid, unselected. And, yeah. Sure. Any any kind of thing you do that takes a bit of time, you'll get less people doing because less. Some people will did you, sure play D and D, but they're did not that invested. Do the, in the it.
2: survey or not? No. Yeah. No, you did Peter, no. and you didn't, Jess. I
4: didn't. I didn't either. Because uh, no. I thought if I do, I'm just going to be annoying, and because I really like level up version, and I just I think my <laughs> feedback would be so pointless because I end up talking about that. And level up already exists, so we don't need another one. One d and d should be something a bit different. Mm. So the reason I
2: didn't is because these surveys are just too long for me. Usually, mm. there's also an element don't. of that. Of yeah.
4: I'm, I'm busy. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean for me, a survey two two or three minutes, and I'm done. Or
3: yeah. And it, it, was a fairly in-depth survey. Yes. Yeah.
2: Which is fair enough. And there are people out there that will do that. And that's
3: fine. Mm. I, I basically had to open up a separate browser tab. Just remember it all because it's like saying, Oh, what are your thinks on this? What are your thoughts on this? That's like, well, trikey.
2: So let's have a look at the results. So, okay. Apparently almost everything scored over 80%. Okay. As
4: in 80% like, I don't understand. 80% approval. It's
2: Positive. Approval. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 So mm. it, it, across the board, Almost everything people liked. That's
4: nice. And the
2: highest scoring thing, yes. all, got almost 90%, mm-hmm. was getting a first level feat in your background.
3: Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. I like that as well. I mean, you can make your character more customised and, yeah. yeah, of course. So it makes they,
2: sense. they, they pointed this out as this is an example of an experimental thing, which they yeah. put in, which they say they put into these things. They don't know how they're going to come across. They might score high. People might hate it, but they put it in as an experimental thing mm. and see what happens. Yeah. And it came out at almost 90%. So the experiment was like, oh, okay. They like that. So another eva- a example of it, an experimental thing that they mm-hmm. used, and this is back in the original 5e play test. Advantage and disadvantage was one. But mm-hmm. like they put it in there, they didn't know how it would go, come across, and then mm-hmm. people really liked it.
3: Yeah, and yeah. it
2: ended up sticking in, uh, in, in the final game. Nice. So, they, I mean, we do that as well in ours. We all put in things that aren't necessarily intended to be representative of the final thing. It might be an exaggerated version of something. Yeah, yeah. It might be a bit of A-B testing. It might be this, that,
3: you know. So. Do you recall how Expertise Dice did? Uh On if ours? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if we were to test it on that. Okay, yeah, no, there is. The fact that they made it through that they made probably I was about to say, everyone,
4: everyone it, hated it, but we said, no, we're doing it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, well, about I, their scoring I system. I wasn't a big fan of it to start with, but I became a convert, so there you go. Fair
2: enough. So, about the scoring system. So, their passing grade Mm -hmm. for for a thing is 70% or higher. Yeah, yeah. uh, Which is fairly standard. Mm -hmm. In the 70s, I mean, it's a thumbs up, but maybe some tinkering is needed. Mm -hmm. Something scored in the 70s. In the 80s, they think, okay, the community pretty much wants exactly that, and they've got to tread carefully not to change it too much, Mm -hmm. because the community really likes it how it is. Yeah. And, of course, 90s, it's like, don't touch this. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um if it's in the sixties, hmm. it's salvageable, but it really needs reworking.
3: working. Yeah,
2: uh, below sixty percent, they'll probably drop it. Yeah. And in the forties or below, it's definitely gone. Right. Nothing was in the fifties or below in this. Like almost everything was eighty percent. There were only three things that dipped into the sixties.
3: Okay. Did I say what the three, three things, things were? were? What those
2: three things are? There you yeah, go. I can re- I can reveal this. Okay. So the D twenty test rule in the rules glossary.
4: I don't remember. No, I think that this was. is this was this was Perfect. linked
2: to the gaining expiration on ones or or critical failures on ones or something like that. I can't remember exactly what okay. the um, original d twenty test rule was. No, no, but people didn't like it very much. Mm.
3: It well, middling didn't
2: hate it, but
3: Yeah, it, it's going to be a bit mm, because it's sort of it makes sense from a game design point of view, but narratively it's pure poison. Okay.
2: So the the second UA, mm-hmm. second play test, Class 1, had a different version of the D20 test rule. Again, I can't tell you offhand what that is. And they're yeah. expecting a very different score when those survey results come in. Yeah. I can't tell you what the two versions were offhand. So I okay. just have forgotten completely. Yeah. But there's that. So the other things, the Ardling oh. scored in the 60s. Yeah. Um, the main problem with the Ardling, the, the sort of feedback they got, was that it was trying to do too much. Mm, yeah. It was trying to be sort of like an Azimar, and it's yeah. also trying to be like a sort of animal person.
3: Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of it pre-existing stuff that does all that already.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was the problem with the Ardling, and we can see in the current playtest, which we'll get to a bit later. Mm. They decided, okay, drop the Azimar a bit. We're just going to be the animal person with with Ardling.
3: Uh there you go. That's a bit of the old extremist and AB testing.
2: Yeah, yeah. And um, the other one was the Dragonborn's breath weapon. Oh yeah, yeah and confusion between the relationship between that Dragonborn mm. and the one in Fizban's treasury of dragons because they differ. Mm. Dragonborn actually scored lower than the Ardling which apparently surprised them. They weren't expecting that. That took them by surprise. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Ardling, they pointed out, does not replace the Azimar and um, was not intended to. Oh. Although it's thematically okay. it, that version of it was kind of thematically similar in some ways. It wasn't yeah. intended to replace it.
3: Oh, Because they're banging on all about Egyptian gods and so forth mm. and that just seems yeah. Really weird.
2: Yeah, but they're dropping they're dropping—they're this Levasmire-esque sort of bit of it completely. Okay. But everything else scored in the 70s or 80s. Hmm. So yeah. uh, the, the new human got 83%. Yeah. Pretty really high. Okay. Dwarf, orc, tiefling, and elf, they tied at 80 to
3: 81%. I remember dwarfs looked a bit more interesting. The others were just...
2: They were right.
3: Yeah. And they then
2: were the gnome terrible. and the halfling tied at
3: 78%. I can't remember if I had strong thoughts about those.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I can't remember either. Oh, so That's maybe why it's in
4: the 70s. It's like, yeah, it's all right. Maybe tweak it <laughs> a bit. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. 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 So they talked a little bit also about future installments of Kana. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: They
2: talked about the next one, but we know what the next one's going to be. Because yes. it's out. It came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that in a minute. It's talk- They talked about there's going to be in the warrior group one, mm-hmm. when they get to the warriors, there's going to be new weapon options for certain types of carriages, like, Whole new ways of using weapons. Okay, I don't know what that means exactly, but
3: probably some sort of manoeuvres that you can use in combat using I guess. weapons.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> if only someone else had thought of that. Yeah,
3: yeah. sorry.
2: <laughs> um There's something called the Bastion system, which is rules on managing your character's home base. It's a new subsystem. Create bases with NPCs connected with them. Implementing downtime rules.
3: Yeah, that'll probably be quite interesting.
2: Forty-eight subclasses across the whole playtest process, four, four for each class. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New encounter building rules and monster oh. customization options.
3: That's really interesting. They're really taking a lot away from clerics then, because clerics have like eight, nine subclasses. Off oh, the top of the head. Doesn't mean
2: that's all, that, all that's all that's ever going to be. No. Yeah?
3: Well, obviously they're going to bring out more stuff and subclasses. But, yeah. The playtest has, mm-hmm. has
2: to be manageable size wise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: There's some other notes that they sort of pointed out uh, basically in response to things people say on the internet. Um, so basically, they want to point out that playtests are a version of something that we, they've got, there's an assumption that if something's not in the playtest, that doesn't mean it's not in the game. Mm. Like yeah. Eldritch Blast wasn't in the spell list, that does not mean it's been removed from the game.
3: Or cleric subclasses, say.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, for example. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so basically, so.
2: They're play, they're, the playtest is for you change the material. If it's the same, mm-hmm. they're not going to bother putting it in a playtest. test. Well, okay. They don't need to. Yeah, because you are going to focus on yeah. yeah, So things like use an object and other actions, mm. they're still as defined in the current player's handbook. They haven't been removed, mm. just because they weren't mentioned in the playtest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. is what they're sort of saying. There's a couple of other bits and pieces in that thing. I don't know if this is about remembering the details of the playtest itself. So
3: you can the you...
2: subclass cunning action does not interact with use an object. People were wondering whether well, that was a mistake or whether it was intentional. They mm-hmm. say it is intentional. They changed it because it's a Mother May I mechanic. They call it yes. something that only works if the DM cooperates with you. Yes. Generally, in mechanics which require DM permission mm-hmm. are unsatisfying. Yes. Um. So what they're generally saying is that Mother May I mechanics are sort of counter to their Fun. kind of design approach. Yes. Which but I agree with.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. I like some ambiguity in it. I like to be able to fight. You know. So yeah, you know, I, I think the problem with the that GM. is
2: you design a character and then you just find the GM isn't into that aspect of it and that feature of your character just never gets used, I think is the problem. That
4: doesn't happen yeah. to me. I We're roll well on charisma.
1: In
3: real life. <laughs> well, indeed. And so modesty, apparently. <laughs> well, well, it's one of those things. Like um, A classic example would be you've got the use an object action, so you use your bonus action to whack a manacle onto a spellcaster and the other end onto yourself so that they can't teleport away or cast spells that have a somatica component, mm. which oh. isn't in rules as written, but it's a necessary thing, but does require your DM to be like, yeah, all right, that sounds legit. I'll go with that. Whereas they yeah. might, yeah, and there's a lot of like newer DMs out there who would be like, what even are you trying to do? This blows my mind. And would say, cool. And a lot of others who would say, no, you can't do that. That's not what the rules say. Mm. Both of which are entirely valid because it's all down to the DM's discretion. Uh And whether you agree with it or not, I mean, sure, we like different values of things. But mm-hmm. I've seen that. I thought, oh, okay, that is a good idea, but you need the DM's buy-in. And if the DM says no, your plans come to naught. And there's not that much you can interact with. I mean, basically, the use an object action lets you chug down a two-pint tankard of beer. It does not let you have a small vial of magic potion. Mm. Just one of those things. Anyway.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, they also talked about sort of mandatory feats, like feats that feel mandatory, like you yes. kind of have to have them in order to make your character work. Yeah. Yes. And they said they don't like that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of violates their design goals again. You want to be able to fully realize your character without having to take a specific feat to, to optimize it. So yeah. the yes. examples were great weapon fighting and sharpshooter were a couple of examples. Yes. That really you need to take those feats in order to fully you know, make use
1: of yeah.
3: the gander. But you, you cannot take those feats. It's entirely possible to not take those feats. But if there's someone else in the party who has taken those feats, you will feel like you're playing second fiddle, more mm. likely than not.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: If you're yeah. playing, like, in the same sort of area, which is going to be martial, and somebody's taking if, if the ranger's got sharpshooter and you're a rogue, you are going to struggle to keep up with the ranger for damage. Mm, exactly, exactly. Yeah.
2: So that is kind of, you know, the playtest survey results... From the Origins playtest. Yeah. I mean, generally very positive. People liked it.
4: Mm. Yeah.
2: A couple of, couple of niggles, basically, but mm. nothing, nothing major. Mm. And from what I see, those niggles have been addressed in the next playtest document, which came out yesterday.
1: Mm. Oh. Yes. Yes. Nice yes.
2: I know it never stops. Yes. So, the next playtest document, um, dropped, sorry, dropped yesterday. It has, a uh, new cleric. Mm-hmm. along with its Life Domain subclass,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, revised rules for the Ardling,
3: the mm-hmm. Dragonborn, and the Goliath.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Ah, taking a second back at that cherry, mm. yeah. Have
2: uh, you guys seen this or not?
3: No,
4: not no. in detail. I have skimmed okay. it. But it okay. is on D&D Beyond it was so,
3: as busy yesterday. Oh, tough day. Mm. But yes, I'm here today, so that's okay. Fair enough.
2: Well, there's a few, there's a few things to point out. Um... Mm-hmm. Clerics, yes. they now get their subclass
3: at level three rather than level one. Oh, yes, yes, that's true. Um, okay. that is a big variation. Is spiritual weapon concentration now? Yes. Oh, yes, uh, I did. I, I guess I didn't, I saw that and thought, ha, but didn't actually think about the consequences of why someone put that up. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah. that's a huge difference. That I makes a lot I, of difference. I reckon game. they're
2: going to do that for every class. subclasses at level three. Yeah. I think they're going to standardise that across the board. Because
3: mm, mm, mm. what
2: other ones don't get them at level 3? Le- uh, druids. Sorcerers, Sorcerers.
3: Sorcerers druids. Sor- Sorcerers at level 1, clerks at level 1. Uh, druids druids at level 2. Yeah, Warlocks get two bites of the cherry because they get their patron at level 1 mm. and their pact at level 3. So I'll be interested mm. to see what mm. they do with them. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, we'll get to that in a, in a later one, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what what clinics do get to do now is at level 2, they basically get to choose between two different sort of Holy orders, hmm. and uh, okay. as best I can make out, one is basically a, a, a sort of tank type, and the other is a blaster type. Huh. So you get to choose between two of those. They've got better names now: Thaumaturge and uh, Protector. I think I'm not looking at it right now. I
3: think yeah. I'm Protector. And
4: I've got it on the screen.
3: So it's sure who works the magic way. and the Protector? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Why not? So 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 that's
2: that's with the cleric. Um Turn undead mm-hmm. and smite undead. So you get turn undead. I think it was like level two or three, and then smite undead at level five or six or mm. something. It's level five
4: and smite undead. Level
2: five, and basically, um, uh, smite undead applies to undead that you have turned and does radiant damage to
3: them. Oh, nice. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, counterintuitively, yeah. with with turn undead, mm. you actually didn't want to attack the ones you had successfully turned mm. because then they'd be like, "Oh, well, your effect is broken now, so I'm going to go back to eating your face." Yeah, Brings. yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It mm. does kind of turn uh, the cleric into a bit of a laser cleric a bit, because another, there's another oh. ability which does uh, radiant damage as well, which is baked into core.
3: Yeah, I think they're just... I mean, light clerics were rightly incredibly popular, yeah. I think. Yeah. Light clerics, real blasters, tempest clerics I've seen. Mm. Life clerics are just for the people who are like, well, my job is to be healer, and they excel mm. at healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. So looking at Ardlings, mm-hmm. this, this is interesting. So they, uh, they have been completely changed from, from the original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, no longer is there, like we said earlier, the sort of, um, asthma aspect to it. It's just about an animal person. Yeah. And you've got a choice of four types of animal person. Nice. You can be a climber, a flyer, a racer or a swimmer.
3: Oh, okay. So, they're moving, they're really leaning into the genericisation of yes. different species. So, they give species. examples of each. So, the climber,
2: mm. bear, cat, lizard, squirrel. Yeah, yeah. Flyer, bat, eagle, owl, raven. Yeah. Racer, deer, dog, horse, triceratops.
3: Yeah. You've been in a dinosaur race, you know their nippies, little so and so's. Okay,
2: okay. Yeah. And swimmer, crocodile, dolphin, frog, shark. So, um, you choose one of those four types. Now, I've noticed this about all three of the species here. Mm. They, all three of them give you a choice yes. between different types of species. Yes. Um, in, in a, like, no, so, with the Ardling, you're choosing between those four. For the Dragonborn, you're choosing your uh, Draconic Ancestor, which is one of the ten different colours.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And
2: then for the Goliath, you're choosing what type of giant you're, um, you're, you're based on.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: So each, of, each of them does give you a choice to further customise, basically customise your character ah. at the species choice
3: stage. Cool. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, but also whilst taking away a lot of different variations. Mm. So it sounds like, did you say cat was in that list of, modelists?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just examples, I think. Like, it says yeah. climber, and then examples bear, cat, and it's basically any creature. Yeah. Koala, you know. Um,
3: sure, know. sure. Yeah. But, like, tabaxi are already a thing in mm. the D&D-verse, except now they're a type of oddling. I guess.
2: I guess.
3: Well, yeah. Tabaxi would be almost a culture for them. I suppose. Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, an Ardling specifically only has the head, I think. Oh no, an Ardling has a head resembling that of an animal. Depending on the animal, the Ardling might also have fur- feathers or scales. Yeah, so tabaxi is then, I guess.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and Kenku maybe as well. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I, 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 it Interesting. to yeah.
3: strip so much flavour out your game, but I guess they want to make it manageable or something. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're, they're trying to simplify it. Um, I mean,
2: generally the direction they're going in is kind of, Streamlining.
3: Yes, yes. Um,
2: So looking at the other ones, we've got the Dragonborn. So you choose your Draconic Ancestry, and that basically determines your breath weapon, which can be either a 15-foot cone, 30-foot line, mm -hmm. does D10 damage, and then it goes up at 5th, 11th, and seventh, 17th level. Yeah, yeah. I can't actually remember the (laughs) 05-E Dragonborn anymore. I've been playing level up for so long.
3: They're very similar for us.
4: Did
2: they get Draconic Flight at 5th level before?
3: No. Oh, no, I do not
4: well, think so. they could fly.
2: So at 5th yeah. level, you get spectral wings that last for 10 minutes, which you can use to fly. Ah,
3: well, That's Mike Marley will be, will be pleased that they've mm. uh, been following his work so closely. Yeah. yeah. Goliaths,
2: you get the ability at 5th level. All of these have abilities that come in at 5th level, which is interesting.
3: Ah, oh, as opposed to so 10th level. Like par-
2: paragon abilities, yeah. And yeah. you gain <laughs> the ability to supernaturally grow. As a bonus, actually, you change your size to large.
4: That would be That's useful. Yeah. yeah. Foot tall. Um this
2: lasts again for ten minutes until, or until you end it as a bonus action. During that time you have advantage on strength checks so and your speed increases by ten feet.
3: Oh, just going to interject here. Um in the fizzbands treasury, you do mm-hmm. have gem dragonborn. Mm-hmm. They get a uh, fifth level, they get the bonus action to manifest spectral wings for a minute. Well, right, there we go. So okay. I can get that now. Yes. Yeah. Well, dragons okay. being able to fly. Have they have they got dark vision yet? Uh yeah, yeah, they got dark vision. Okay. Because, again, that's another thing that people just complain and complain to the point of tedium about, mm. which is dark, dragon, uh, dragon Ball don't have dark yeah. vision. My response is very simple. No one gets dark vision. Sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: you sound no like an annoyed parrot. Do
4: you know what? Fine. No one gets any then.
3: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You, you cough <laughs> to my dreams and sell perfectly. <laughs> Go to bed without your pudding. <laughs> 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 and take this lantern. You've got no dark vision either. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs>
4: that's why I need the nightlight.
2: Yeah. Amen. Um So, Amen. looking at the uh, Goliath, uh, so you could choose between cloud, fire, frost, hill, stone, and storm. You get an ability with each.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah, uh, nice. Like
2: the cloud, the cloud giant can teleport. The fire yeah. giant can do fire damage when you hit someone.
1: Okay.
2: Cold giant, frost giant does cold damage.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, and stuff. So um, yeah. they, they 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 do those. Um, it's a shorter playtest document than,
3: document than the previous ones.
4: Yeah, it wasn't yeah. too long.
3: Yeah, it's quite It's true. quite interesting. It feels like they've taken on board the oft-repeated and entirely accurate criticism mm. that um, uh, Yoli, you obviously like elves, does very much apply to Wizards of the Coast. Because there was like 12 different subtypes of elf, you mm. could play an elf basically for every single class mm. without repeating yourself, which yeah. is a lot of elves, just going to mm. say. Whereas is, everyone yeah. else was like, you played a Goliath, good time, thumbs up. Yeah. Um but now they're like, oh, we can play like an ice goliath or a storm glove. Woohoohoo. let include gifts. Let's include
2: gifts paragon gifts.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. But at fifth um, level, not tenth.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
3: What do you, what do you think overall though to, to that? Yeah. That sounds fine. Like, yeah. I like yeah, it. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a, it's a big step forward. Yeah. That sounds fun. I, I'd have to look into it. Uh, cause I remember we had that thing about the, uh, what's it, the, quote, mixed races, unquote, which was absolutely horrendous when I actually had a chance to look at it. But the rest of it seems... Yeah, so, I forget. Oh, I forget. Oh, oh, it was basically... Um, it gave rise to the question, what are you really at the gaming table? Which is just very, very rude. Um, because you could have, like, essentially the skin of a different creature... But your mechanics were of your other parent, and.
2: Oh, I see. Yeah,
3: and it's just like, no, this is not the way. It's like, just very, very very poorly put together.
2: What was that in? Was that in a playtest document?
3: That was in the first playtest document, The Origins, which is why I completed it, because I wanted my voice to be heard. They didn't
2: didn't mention that on the results at all. Shocking. Interesting.
3: They didn't mention that I completed the playtest document. i oh, no, no, didn't mention that you. From our unofficial saying...
4: tabletop RPG talk, we do need to say special breaking, thank you to breaking Peter Coffey. News.
3: Peter Coffey did it!
4: Extra special thanks to Peter Coffey. Oh,
3: I, yeah. well, well, I never. Such ingratitude.
4: I know. Do they not <laughs> know who you are?
3: Apparently You have not. your own Twitter handle <laughs> no, and everything. They don't. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm not sure I know who I am. So do do I, any
4: of us. But that's a different uh, topic. thread. Oh, to anyway, us.
2: we have more D&D news. We have more D&D news. Do you? so much D&D news. We're like 50 minutes into the podcast and we've still got more D&D news. Okay, mm. focus. Okay, so here we go. Um, Tyranny of Dragons, which is Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat, is getting a new version again.
3: Again? It's appeared on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair. It's coming out January the 17th. <laughs> Now, is this a traditional Amazon leak? Or is this a like, ah, actual it's, appearance on Amazon?
2: It's, a, it's an actual appearance on Amazon. Okay. okay. Um, so, the two adventures c- uh, compiled into one volume with updating balancing. Updated no? balancing.
3: Yeah, fair. I
2: don't know what that means specifically,
3: but... Oh, it means they've actually gone and reworked the encounters, so it's not absolute bloody murder right, in yeah. the first couple of levels.
2: I thought they did that already with, uh, with like... Because this is the
3: third time they've done this now. I well, thought they'd I, already done that. You, you know what, maybe, or maybe they've, like, approached some of the other things. I don't know, but i got to say, like, even with a party which consisted of four games masters, mm. and and my wife, who is not a slouch when it comes to the old tactical positioning and murder in D&D, we mm. found it super hard, mm. and, like, our gym was not going
4: And not in a fun way, do you
3: mean? Uh, well, like, it was. it was sort of fun, but in a well, if these roles do not go exactly right, then everyone's dead. Yeah. It right. happened at least once, and that's not the sort of position we wanted to be in. Mm. And we got away with it because, Damn. yeah, it, it was a very tense situation, and... Well, presumably... Like, that's it was fun, but, like, it's not the sort of... It's not reliable fun, which mm. is what you want from your modules. You want You want it to be fun for people who it's their first ever game because it's the first module... And you yeah. don't want them to be like, everyone's died, I guess we're starting over, or something.
2: I wonder if the re-release is also just because Dragonlance is out, and there's oh, yeah, like synergy between the two themes so much.
3: It has dragons
2: on it! Huzzah! Yes, <laughs> and they both have Tiamat in them, given that they've now decided that Tarquises is Tiamat officially. Yeah, Which yeah. I disagree with entirely, and I can just pretend I didn't hear it. La,
3: la, la, I did not hear you. No, she's not. Well, it can be officially in their continuity, you know, go about that? Yes, yeah. yeah?
2: <laughs> so... So... Um, and not the only thing to pop up on Amazon from Wizards of the Coast from D and D. Yes. Okay. So we also have keys from the Golden Vault, which was announced earlier this year.
3: Oh, is this the heist one? Correct.
1: Anthology
2: of heist based adventures. Nice. Um, not an awful lot. We know it's two hundred and eight pages. It's up for pre order now with a retail price of forty nine ninety five. Release date February the first. That's it. That's the information. Which is
4: sooner than I thought because I thought it was scheduled to be at the other end of the year of twenty twenty three.
2: No, no, that was the, that was always going to be the first one in the year.
4: Oh, was it? Okay.
2: Oh, they they had um, this graphic up, left to right, of the things coming out next year, like Planescapes towards the end of the year.
4: Oh, okay. That was play- okay. Yeah. I
2: was yeah.
3: incorrect. But, um, was Q1, 2023. Okay.
4: Yeah. Cool. There we
2: go. Oh, God, I'm exhausted for all that D&D news. I think I've finished the D&D news, unless anyone wants to talk about Trivial Pursuit, which I don't.
4: No. Because well, you us uh, about
3: Dragonlance for us? That's what I'm
2: waiting for an update on. Well, that's the topic of the week, so we'll okay. Topic
4: one. of the week is Dragonlance, which is yeah. out this Bye-bye. month. And then We'll go into
2: that in great detail.
4: January and February, there's new D&D books being released, so save your pocket money.
1: Mm. Okay. Do you, yeah. want, do you want
4: some non-D&D news, then?
1: Yes!
4: Okay, how about we head over to our friends at Paizo? Oh, yeah, that's have announced a partnership with Type 40 to make props and artefacts for Pathfinder and Starfinder.
1: Ooh,
2: what sort of yeah. props and artefacts?
4: Um, so... That's a great question. That's a great question. <laughs> it
2: is a good question. <laughs> you can't tease us like well, this, Jessica. What am I saying? Almost relevant. <laughs> is it not so? They
4: haven't specifically said...
2: Because what uh, I'm thinking is like said coins what and.
4: happens now. So the creative cogs are turning at Type 40. Right. And they're confident they'll be able to bring us something that will encompass, encompass right. our right. excitement as much as it does theirs.
2: So they haven't decided yet. So
4: they haven't announced what specific products, but they've announced that they are working together and now they're going to make stuff... And Things like
2: props and hand out maps and scrolls and that sort of thing, yeah. I
4: imagine that the, so they, yeah, I, to
2: go along with their adventure paths, I guess,
4: absolutely. That so, yeah, yeah. so yeah, okay, cool. Uh, so Very I don't know cool. do details what they are, but it's going to be coming up. So, if you're a fan of Pathfinder and Starfinder and you like, well, it sounds
2: like that sort of thing is mm. also stuff you could use in other games as well, props,
4: yeah, definitely. It's a great GM gift, I think that is, if you're in. Uh, and as we're coming up to the holiday season as well, if you're looking to get your GM a gift, which is a nice thing to do because they put in a lot of work, getting them a prop related to your game is quite a nice thing to do. Mm. I think... And well, um, it's a
2: subtle hint, to get more props for our games.
4: Yeah. Well, we're playing online, so I don't know how useful physical Yeah, that doesn't work quite
2: so well, does it?
4: Yeah. Um, I'll make videos and fun stuff for it, though. I'll do that. Mm. Um, but in other Paizo news, so we were talking previously about the United Paizo Workers, so the Union... Yeah. So they have uh, announced that they've made progress with their con- uh, with their negotiations with PAISO. So the PAISO and the union, which is United PAISO Workers, have been chatting. And they've had kind of tentative agreements about benefits and work and time off and things like that. So it's all going pretty well. Totally good. And they've said that they've only got a handful of little details to kind of talk about before a CBA is complete, which stands for a mm-hmm. collective bargaining agreement. Uh, and then once that's agreed, all the members vote on whether or not they like them. And that's kind of that. So, yeah. So, it's a good day okay. for a union. Good, good, good. And I have more good union news as well.
2: Go on, Gosh, I'm just Go segwaying all long over you, as this long podcast. We, as, long as you don't have any onion news.
4: Onion? No, I don't have any onion news. Uh, this just is uni- okay. union news. Um, mm. So, we also have previously talked about the Noble Knight Games United, which is the union for Noble Knight Games. They mm-hmm. name these very well. It's clear what's happening. Well,
2: they do what they say on the team.
4: They yeah. do, and I like that in right. naming conventions. But anyway, um, so previously, Noble Knight Games were like, we do not recognise Noble Knight Games United as an official union. Rude. They have now...
1: Voluntarily
4: yeah. recognize the union because there is a process where you can like force them to legally. I mm. don't really know it. That's not my, what I do. Also, so they're is, voluntarily.
2: Someone isn't voluntary? Is
4: it? No, they. That's what. That's not what they've done. That's what I said. Yeah, they, they so had they got not pushed. voluntarily done it, I'm the sure, union could okay. have gone down the other route. But they yeah, yeah. have okay. ch- chose to do that, um, which is odd because in November, Noble Night Games hired um, this law firm who are known as being union busting to kind of contest the eligibility of it, make sure about half the workers can do it stuff. probably a
2: PR side yeah. of it as well.
4: Yeah, so I think maybe there's a legal side to it where it's like, look, you, it's the, you're you not going to win. Just roll with it. And then there's a the PR element. Save
3: your money for legal fees.
4: Exactly. But um, but yeah, the union are really happy. They said you know, they're ecstatic about Ooh. it. And they've said, please show Noble Night Games um, some love. Uh, we really love working here and we want them to thrive. So it feels like the union has a very positive attitude towards the company. And cool. I'm really happy about this. So, yeah, sounds really good for the industry, I think, that large companies are unionising and people are being paid fairly because yeah. it's an industry that's very open to abuse.
2: So I've got, I got some news about something else entirely.
4: That's okay. good. Let's do not that. About,
3: not about unions, not about onions either. Gosh. What about shallots? And ionizing Shallots? Now no, you're talking my language.
2: But about the Hellboy role-playing game. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, this is interesting because the Hellboy I don't this one. game was mm-hmm. a partnership with Mantic and Red Scar. Now Red Scar produced the Hellboy role playing game for Mantic.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, there was a Kickstarter run by Mantic like last year or uh-huh. the year before. Did fairly well, I think. I can't remember offhand. I think it did yeah. okay. Um, uh, but now, Nightfall Games is taking over the Hellboy game. Oh. So it's originally designed Games. by Red Scar, but Nightfall Games is now taking over it. Wow, well, that's that's and it will be, a And it will actually be available from Nightfall at Dragon Meet this weekend.
1: Oh,
3: That's, nice. that's
2: interesting. Um, well, I don't know what happened there, uh, you know, what happened to Red Scar.
3: I got I to mean, I it just recoiled in fear, Us.
2: I haven't heard anything from Red Scar in, like, a year.
3: Yeah, well, isn't so, that one that um, Mark... Mark Langworthy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I,
2: don't know what, I don't know what's going on there, but that's that's what's happening to Hellboy. Hmm.
4: Okay. Interesting. I've not played the Hellboy RPG.
2: No, I haven't either.
4: Okay. No, I didn't know if either. someone had. A... Okay. Well, good. Maybe nah. we should pick it up a Dragon Meat and play it.
2: Maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Right, what else have we got in the news?
4: Blade Runner.
2: Blade <laughs> Runner. Which
4: I'm excited about.
2: What about
0: it?
4: So, Blade Runner are doing their Kickstarter fulfillment for their campaign. Um yeah. And E on the EN World, it's voted the most anticipated role playing game of 2022, and the retail release has been announced as well. So the retail will be the December 13th. So <laughs> if you miss the Kickstarter and you would like yeah. to purchase it, that'd be the thing. And they're and um, Free League have said they're trying to get the backers their games before it goes to retail. Very
2: very pretty, so pretty.
4: Mm, I'm looking forward to get mine. I had an update from them about it. So in the next few weeks, we'll be getting my book.
1: Mm-hmm. They backed. Please?
4: They said, if you are still waiting for your copy, rest assured that we're working very hard with our distribution partners to make sure that all Kickstarter orders are sent ahead of release day.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay.
4: So, Blade Runner is on its way from Free League.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Excellent. Marvel Multiverse Playtest. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, fun. the playtest process is going on at the moment and the actual game is going to be released next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, apparently, there was a big rules update this week.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so the rules have been streamlined and trimmed uh, with much simpler rules, now I haven't seen this, I am literally reading this off of um, Bell of Lost Souls Yeah. Uh, but apparently um, this is Playtester version 1.3 oh. so there's been a couple now mm-hmm. I mean for those who are following along I'm going to whip through some of the things but these don't actually necessarily mean much to me, Okay. so Might is now Melee Number of ability points a character gets per rank has changed. Mainly lower action modifiers are going away. Defense scores are now ten plus. Year, but it's got, I don't know with all of these. There's a lot of things like that. So it's a big old list of things like that. So there's a, a new version of the Marvel Multiverse Playtest document out. So really? those are those are following on with that.
4: I'm interested in that actually because I do like a bit of Marvel. I was in a great yeah. Marvel campaign once for played for about. Well, well eight the original playtest
2: sure. book got mixed responses. Okay. And mm. I think we'd mentioned it on the podcast. We, we, we did of, talk but it about is a
4: play, it. It is a playtest. That's yeah. the point. You know? mm. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, you know, if, if you put a playtest out and it gets 100% first off, it's not a playtest really. That's the game, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. But still, what other RPG news is there? I
4: don't have a huge amount beyond all the conventions going on this weekend. So we've briefly mentioned we are going to be at Dragon Meet, which is taking place in where, London. Where at
2: Dragon Meet are we?
4: In Well, in London. No. In the,
2: no, in the, <laughs> no, I yeah, mean,
4: I know, I know. So we're in the lower, lower trade hall at stand 39. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so you can come and say hi to us, we'll be there. Yes. We have games right. of Awfully Cheerful Engine and Level Up Advanced 5th Edition happening.
2: I've got some copies um, of Simply Six as well, I found. i take those.
4: Off. There we go. Lovely. Um, uh, we're, so we're selling those and we also have games running in the area you can book, but I believe they're fully booked now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you can still come and chat to us about the games and stuff. Yes, and we like it
3: when you come and chat to
4: us. I believe Peter Coffey will be present.
3: I, I, I am not working on the stand. That you know, are you Peter Coffey or the Peter Coffey?
4: The the Peter Coffey the Pe- no. from Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. How? How?
3: Well, certainly not because you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> we we are really
4: overstaffed on the stand. There's actually gonna nah, there's like four fine. people we've and we've got two yeah, tables. We literally two
3: people. We've got four. We this. could
4: deal with one. We could do this. Honestly, with if one. It
2: was, honestly if it was just you and me, Jess, it would be fine. Yeah, but. No, but we no,
4: no. You can come and okay. stand behind the table for a bit if you like.
2: She come and hang out with us. Okay. Yeah. anytime. of course.
3: I, I could wear
2: my. But just don't, just don't look me in the eye or anything. <laughs>
4: yeah, any and I have respect. <laughs> I know...
3: That's okay, Russ. I know you find that sort of thing very intimidating.
4: <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, so I'm a shy type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, But, so... we'll the but also <laughs> in the US of a. Uh, mm. there's also PAX happening. PAX oh, yeah. Unplugged. PAX nice. Unplugged, yes. Is bigger weekend than Dragon well. I'm not saying a bit bigger. I mean, oh, I'm it's massive. Nice. Like it, yeah. um, I love Dragon Me, though. It's this little event and it's really like it fun too, yeah. and loads yeah. of people I know there and it's got a nice community vibe. But mm. um I've not been to PAX Unplugged, but I've heard very many good things and I know a lot of people that are going there. So, mm. yeah. So, it's I think uh, these are the last big conventions of the year, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, wrapping yeah. up the 2022 conventions. I'm looking at 2023 conventions. Maybe we'll do an episode of that in the new mm. year about all the conventions taking place and what's going on.
2: Before we finish the news, yeah. I think we are kind of done. Should we mm-hmm. quickly mention the cast list for Against the Dragon so I don't
3: think we've mentioned that on oh. the show yet. But well, I haven't heard that, it, so make that what you will.
4: Yes, we absolutely can. Yes, because that's all can. confirmed. That is all confirmed,
3: Ooh. ready to
2: go. In fact, we've got session zero next week.
4: We do, on safe. a Tuesday. Hmm. Mm. We absolutely can. Well, uh, session so really zero is that... not going to be
2: stream grading. No one. Will no, see no.
4: It like no we're as just as well. going through oh, safety yeah. tools, making characters, and just helping people. Because of can... Yeah.
2: Discussing the show. Yeah. And
4: yeah.
2: Stuff. All the usual All the usual
4: fun <laughs> session zero, fun zero stuff, stuff, stuff that
2: is not is, It's not
4: really entertaining is, but... to watch, really.
2: No. Well, it might be. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> as many people look scrolling through a rule book and um. Mm, I was, um, I was thinking of being um, a
4: dragonborn. <laughs> What's everyone else doing? <laughs>
2: yeah, that sort of thing. Um, anyway, so the cast list for against Dragonlords mm-hmm. is...
4: Do you want me to do it or Oh, yeah, sorry. It I, I, oh, okay. I, just, I just
2: said that's why I was looking at you, though. I realised mean, we're currently on Zoom. Yeah,
4: we're, so we're on Zoom. So so. Be looking at
2: yeah, so no. we got
4: the dra- uh, the cast, which I'm really excited about. So first of all, Woo! it's uh, you and the narrator, us. I don't know if I told you this.
2: The narrator. The narrator. The narrator, as
4: we've mentioned.
2: Oh, uh, uh, You said, I am?
4: Yes. Yeah. So well, you've got something, to, b-
2: That's a surprise. something <laughs> to keep you busy
4: over the holidays preparing for. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I am one of the cast members. <gasps> it's me. Uh, I will be oh. there. It's me. Just it's me. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we've got some awesome people joining us as well. So we have Virginia Page. Uh, Virginia oh, nice. is, uh, yeah works full-time is freelance in the tabletop RPG industry so you've probably yes. seen their work as a designer, writer editor, professional GM loads of stuff and she's run um, she's done a GM session on one of our actual plays at EN Live before for Awfully Cheerful mm-hmm. Engine so she's somebody we've worked with before at EN Publishing
1: mm-hmm. and
4: we're so very excited to be playing with her again uh, and then we also have uh, Jack Mullings who is a UK based voice actor and they have also been in one of our Awfully Cheerful Engine games in on EN Live as a player. So if you enjoyed them there, you can see them here as well. Because they're a voice actor, they do very cool, fun voices. I thought it would be quite fun.
2: Basically, these people are going to put me to shame as the, the
4: narrator.
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm going to be the least talented person
3: at the table.
4: Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you'll be there
1: as well, oh.
3: Jess. Oh. <laughs>
4: And also, okay. uh, we okay. have...
3: This is how it's going. <laughs> we have
4: Dare Hickman with us, and this is their first time working yeah. with us on EN Live, but I'm very excited to work with them. They have mm. a really great character on the Transplanner actual mm. play, if you've seen that. their character gentle. Um, I really enjoy watching them, uh, so they're joining. Everyone is that... else is British. Transplaner.
3: <laughs> Transplaner, yeah. Video. Right, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, Transplaner means something different to me, Yes, me? yeah, Let's yeah, go. it does,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I said it wrong, but yeah. Um, so, and they're joining us as well. So we've got oh. a nice, really nice group of people. Um, a few of us have gamed together before in different groups. This is the first time all of us will have kind of come together as a group to play. So uh, we're having our session zero, which won't be streamed recorded next week. Um, so we're going to hang out there and, and prep for that. But yeah, then the stream will start in the new year on January 10th. Yeah.
2: And that is basically DL1. Dragons of Despair, the original Dragon Dance module.
4: So we're playing using Level Up Advanced 5th Edition system with that old
2: mm-hmm.
4: module. So we had to tweak and edit it oh, to weaken it. I've got so much work to do
2: between now and then. I've got to convert all that.
3: Take that, you foul fiend.
4: Finally, Demeter the Unworthy, Arch Wizard of the Grey Waste, Lord of the Endless Citadel is destroyed.
3: Uh, Twelve duchies are safe again! A job well done, my friends.
4: Well, I don't like to brag, uh, but yes.
3: <laughs> I impressed even myself. He didn't really put up much of a fight in the end, did he?
4: Well, I suppose he knows he was outclassed.
3: I mean, had you seen us? I wouldn't mess. Hey,
4: what's that? That looks like his palantir. His what now? His palantir. It's like a crystal ball, a type of scrying device.
3: Ooh, you know what we should do? Check his browser history. Exactly.
4: Oh, uh, that's a bit intrusive, isn't it?
2: The fight of sword was a bit intrusive. This is
3: just due diligence. Yeah, who knows what dastardly schemes he's been plotting.
4: Well, I, I suppose that makes sense. Uh, very well. Let us peer into the crystal's depth. <laughs>
3: Oh, what's this? Hmm, looks like... An orphanage?
4: The Fiend! What dire machinations! An orphanage indeed! Um,
3: it looks like he was, Er, Looks like he was what? Um, funding it.
4: Funding an orphanage? Oh no, that can't be right.
3: Hmm, it's right. He was funding an orphanage. Let's just keep looking. I'm sure we'll find some evil plans and dastardly deeds soon.
4: Oh, what's this about a deadly plague virus?
3: Ah, now that is dastardly. Oh, very dastardly.
4: Oh, um, well, maybe not, you know, so dastardly. What do you mean? I mean, it, it does seem like he was, uh, researching a cure. A cure? Yes, a cure for the zombie fever that overwhelms the southern reaches every year.
3: Yes, that pox is a true curse on his poor victims. So, let me... This straight. Demeter
2: the Unworthy, Archwizard of the Grey Wastes, Lord of the End Citadel, was sponsoring an orphanage, curing a deadly disease. Well,
4: well, keep looking, keep looking. I mean, everybody has dark secrets in their browser history.
3: Ah, what about this? What, what? What have you found?
4: <gasps> Looks like something about starving people.
2: ha! <laughs> properly dastardly.
4: I mean, starving people is definitely in the top ten list of dastardly deeds.
3: Mm, Hang on, hang on. What? He's not starving people.
4: Well, what is he doing then? I mean, it, it can't be much worse.
3: He is feeding the hungry, donating food to the... To the starving people. Exactly.
4: Um, guys? Yes? Do you think that maybe we have made a mistake?
3: I must admit, a hint of doubt has crept into my mind. Oh, but if Demeter the Unworthy, visitor of the Grey Vastes, Lord of the Endless Citadel, wasn't actually an evil villain?
4: Well, then why did he call himself the Unworthy?
3: Self-deprecation? False modesty?
4: So, you mean that Demeter the Unworthy was, in fact, quite, um...
3: Worthy, yes. Who told us he was an evil villain?
4: Well, we we just kind of assumed.
2: In- Now we've apparently slain one of the greatest, most virtuous, benevolent beings in all of the 13
3: provinces. That does appear to be the size of it, yes.
4: Does this mean we're the baddies?
3: I think it does. Oh, man, there goes my knighthood.
0: Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget... Patreon.com slash Morris. Can I go now?
2: Okay, so this week we are going to be talking about Dragonlance, Shadow of the Dragon Queen. And this is the latest adventure from Wizards of the Coast I've got in front of me right now. Ooh. Which is very nice.
3: So, if you've got it on pre-order, you can now access the material. If you didn't, then you I don't. think you still can pre-order it and access it. I see. If you if you want to jump in there and do
2: that, yeah. I'm not sure. I think the, I'm not sure. the official
4: date is the sixth of December.
2: Yeah, which is next mm-hmm. Tuesday. So,
4: where, yeah. whenever you're listening to this, it'll be a few days. Yeah.
2: Oh. So, looking at this book, and we've mentioned the table of contents before.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, there's basically there's uh, seven chapters plus an introductory chapter, plus uh plus five appendices. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this is adventure. Chapters two through to seven are adventure. So that is kind of highly spoilery. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think what I might do, I might sort of mention them a bit, but not too much detail. And if you're listening to this, this is probably for DMs, not for players, this section of the podcast. Mm-hmm. If you're planning on running it, then... Obviously, you need to know this boy. If you're planning on playing it, maybe stick with it. Yeah. No, I don't know. It's up to you. No, not your dad. You can do what you want. Yeah.
4: Maybe you are. What a plot twist if you were and you didn't know. Write in if you suspect. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: This, this podcast does have do weird time. I wanted to
4: bring in like a Jeremy Kyle element to the podcast, and I thought that was a really good damn. way to bring it in.
2: Anyway. <laughs> mm. Anyway. Yeah. So... The initial chapter, War Comes to Crin, talks all about just like sets up the book itself. It mm-hmm. talks about kind of the history of Crin, overall sort of broad thing about the dragon armies, the war of the lance, uh life on Ancelon Ancelon, which is the continent, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. uh which is is set on, and uh, talks about religion and the gods. So there's nothing too spoilery in that. It talks about would, the background of the setting.
4: Would that be a good thing for players to to read up on? Them? So if you're going to do this think, campaign, would you so, share yeah. that with players? Yeah.
1: Um,
2: oh, let we'll have a look. Uh, possibly not. Actually, no. because yeah. where it starts talking about the dragon armies, and it gives you spoilers. Like, yeah, 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 yeah,
4: oh, yeah. So no,
2: I think that's uh, actually that is a little bit a little bit spoilery too.
4: Okay, so don't share that with your players. Okay.
2: Yeah. Maybe yeah, the, his- it's just a- the history. How are they supposed of to rip? make characters? Yeah. I mean, the character the character section, I suppose, you can share with the players, but the rest of it, I guess not. I mean, the, the history of Kryn, you can. I yeah. mean, it talks about the cataclysm, yeah. 300 years ago, big old mountain.
3: I, I think it's important, like, players should be able to read the war, that war comes to Kryn, just so they've got, like, an idea about the setting before they make the characters yeah. war, so you might make something that's completely incorrect. Yeah, like, but
2: it also like, sort of talks King King. about how the dragon armies are um organised and... St- the, well, it's got a breakdown of the whole War of the Lance the whole of the War of the Lance
3: uh, what well, we'll have to do then. we'll just have to have uh, thing where you say don't read that bit if you don't want spoilers yeah. but your characters will not know the information in Dragon Armies or War of the Lance and you might know some of the other bits
2: yeah I mean History of King I reckon you could get away with just telling people about the Cataclysm yes briefly in like literally two sentences
3: about the Knights of there was a god priest in Ishtar he talked a lot of smack the god yeah. said no and smacked him with an actual mountain.
2: Yeah. About the noise of Salamnia and about the Majors of High Sorcery and I think probably that's enough.
3: Clankies really? with good master, good master, moustaches and a real conviction for lawful uh, behaviour and a bunch of like road types that come in three different flavours yeah. of good, new, good, evil and meh mm-hmm. um, that like to live in towers but who both organisations used to be very important but caught a lot of flack when said mm-hmm. God of Ishtar managed to catch a man to the face. It's
4: quite a thing to take to the face.
3: Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. he, he didn't do well.
4: Mm. When I'm making characters and I don't know the oh. setting very well, though, I do like to give my character a reason for not knowing that much. Like, maybe it'd be like, they're from a small village, so they don't know global politics. Yeah. Like, mm. you know, is that maybe, you know, I mean, there's yeah, yeah. a reason why they don't know no, no, yeah. everything no, in detail. That helps,
1: yeah, that definitely helps. They're
4: from, it's, also, yeah. 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 Anyway.
2: This section also talks about the Calaman region, which is like the province of Nightland, on the Eastern edge of Salamia. So Salamia being a big country, mm-hmm. um, Salamic knights. It's very sort of feudal and bright, oh, is shining armour.
3: Knightland with a K.
2: Knight Lund. No, N-I-G-H-T-L-U-N-D.
3: Knight Oh, okay.
2: Um, it was, um, I believe Lord Soth's, uh, country. Ooh, you?
3: can't stop here. There's definitely yeah. a country.
2: But this whole yeah. area hasn't really been delved in that much in previous, um, mm-hmm. tracking lance things. This is kind of new to the setting. Well, it's not new to the setting, but it's new, in- probably new information. Yeah, yeah. To the DM. The DM yeah, won't yeah. know this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Calaman is kind of like a city, a cosmopolitan city. Um, there's a lot of towns around it, which is a lot of fishing and farming and stuff like that.
1: Mm.
2: Um, and it's an area, it's basically the area where apparently the War of the Lance started. Mm hmm. So obviously when you read the Dragonlance Chronicles back in, um, 1980s, the War of the was already underway when that opens up.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the year did have more nines in it than it does now, got to say. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so Nightland, four generations, the Soths of Dargard keep a family of Knights of Salamnia, ruled the Slamlink province once known as Nightland. Yeah. So everybody probably knows who Lord Soth is, do they? Jess, do you know who Lord Sof is? He's Darth Vader.
4: Yeah, yeah, you've explained to me he's Darth Vader.
3: (laughs) You've explained several times to Jess who Lord Sof is and how he is like Darth Vader.
2: (laughs) It's just so similar. It's like not even slightly similar, it's like identical.
4: Even down to his
2: backstory, sort of like killed his wife and then got cursed.
4: And and, then he got burnt in lava and is now. Well, he got burnt in a
2: fire, but not necessarily lava,
3: but yeah. Had his arms and legs chopped off and they've to been replaced it's by cybernetics. pretty much it's identical, really.
4: Yeah. And then he'd have two twin children hmm. who kissed.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah he won. He oh. had. He had... Oh. Nice, nice.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> that <not> Star <us. laughs>
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, and yeah. then we
2: got a whole section on religion. But thank yeah. you for God, thinking about so it. So it lists all the gods mm-hmm. the good, all evil, 21? and neutral pantheons. Yeah. So seven gods 21. of each line. What a pantheon. What a pantheon. So, this is an interesting thing, because in the original Dragonlance Chronicles, Goldmoon mm. was the one that brought back the gods. Check. And that's basically the first you hear from the gods in 300 years.
3: Mishakal, goddess of healing, who's always yeah. been a big softie.
2: Now, mm. the general sort of, up until now at least, mm. you know, basically the canon said that she was the first one mm. to bring back the gods. Uh, yeah. And that was, that was it. She was the catalyst. She was the conduit through which the gods came back. Mm-hmm. But, in this... Any cleric or player of divine magic is also the catalyst for the gods to come back. And it kind of implies that this didn't just happen with the gold moon. It also happened elsewhere on Anselm. So the whole blue crystal staff thing and all that was just one instance of the gods revealing themselves to people. But it also happened elsewhere. And one of the sort of like precursor adventures, there's three of them, Mm. little mini adventures, involves a cleric player... Mm. If you've got if you've mm-hmm. got a pair a clerk there. Yep. Getting some visions, discovering a temple, and having their god reveal themselves to them. Um, so that's
3: a kind of a changing canon. Have they taken out the seekers? Because they were Well they don't they don't backwards. they
2: don't mention Abenazini at all. Oh. They stay up, they stay up in Calamar. So uh, I
3: don't, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. I've, but uh, don't go down right. down down there at
2: all. So oh,
3: interesting. All it right.
2: looks like they're saying that the gods appeared to various people around the world at the same time, roughly.
3: Mm.
2: I mean, there's no precise timing. Maybe Goldmoon happened just before this, or just after this, or who sure. knows? It's hard to tell. Mm. It's all kind of the same year sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah. the impression I get is that the gods just appeared to various people, and Goldmoon was just one. Yeah. Which
1: kind of, I don't know,
2: I feel that takes away a little bit from the specialness of that story, but... I.
3: It, it removes her one remaining personality trait, and that's well. well. There is that too,
2: yeah, yeah. That time, man. That's her, her literally <laughs> one function. Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: Sorry.
4: Well, I'm sure it was still very meaningful for them. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's the first chapter. We've I got have to say, you reminded me that of NPCs. Breaks. Not a bomb shelter, me. I got to say. Oh <laughs> mm. right, yes. So uh, gods uh, are actually coming back through multiple things. It's leaking everywhere at once. Anyone who's at home plumbing mm. will understand, right? Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so that's the first chapter. So the second chapter, or the first actual chapter, because that was the introduction chapter, chapter one is character creation. So for players, this is the chapter they want to look at.
3: Oh okay. yeah. Tell us about Kenda. Because we've got dwarves, elves, gnomes, and humans, I can see from the thing. I presume those will work like dwarves, elves, gnomes and humans. I think we talked about that last week, didn't we? But I can do yeah. it, we
2: can do it again. So um Kenda. So um Kenda, as you know on Quinn are a variant of Is it Kenda Half-lains. and Gnomes a variance of no, Kendra and Gnomes are variants of dwarves created yeah, uh, by the Grey Gem. Or was it the other way No,
3: dwarves. Dwarves and, uh. And Kendra
2: are variants of Gnomes. Yeah, that... yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which is just what, one of those things, anyway. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> like, ages and ages ago on Krim, mm. there were fewer races species. Of, or species, you know. Oh. Right. Um, and this Grey Gem of Gargath floated oh, through God, yeah. the planet. And yeah. basically caused chaos to be infused into the world, and caused lots of basic changes. So different species, like um gnomes, mm. split into kender and mm. dwarfs, and all, yeah, all sorts yeah, and yeah. monsters appeared, and all sorts of weird, chaotic. Mm. stuff. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay,
2: so that's kind of an origin story for a lot of a lot of the cringe. I don't like it very much. A
3: though. wizard did it and ran away. Yeah, is maybe not the strongest take you have, I don't but know.
2: still. Anyway, that is that is what it is. So why well,
1: don't
2: play wizards? <laughs> <laughs> so. Small. We did talk about this last week, actually, but I'll do it quick. Um, small mm. humanoid, thirty feet walking speed. We have the fearless ability, which is advantage on saving throws to avoid or end a frightened condition, and once per day you can do that automatically. Came mm-hmm. to aptitude, which is a choice of one of five skill proficiencies: insight, investigation, slight of hand, stealth, or survival. And then their taunt ability, which basically, if, you, if someone makes a saving throw. And if they fail, then they have disadvantage on attacking anyone but you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, we mentioned it last week, but um that's that. Um the other ones, so we've got dwarves, elves, gnomes and humans, so your choices of, uh, of, I mean, it does, it does have a thing where it's not just those choices, it does say you can choose anything from the player's handbook. And you can just assume that they somehow got to Crim by some other means, maybe through some portal or via a spell jamming ship or something like that. Yeah,
4: you can find a reason, right. but they're not native. Yeah.
2: yeah. But obviously there's no half orcs. There's no dragonborn
3: mm.
2: of of the core what are the other core races? No halflings. Mm. Uh what are the other core races that are missing?
3: Oh, cracky. Uh um, right. is it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. For the base handbook. Ha- no half elves? No, the half elves must be in there. Surely.
2: Um they don't mention half elves.
3: I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I read a book with Tanis half elven in there.
2: What they do do is so the it looks like only the um only the Kenda are as a new species. Hmm. Yeah, the rest are all just this is a little essay about dwarves. Although, but you're still using dwarves in the Player's Handbook. This is a little mm-hmm. essay about elves. This is a little less here. Uh, So, but they all used you, you use the player's handbook version, but it talks about you know with elves. It talks about the Sylvanesti and the Quelannesti uh, and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. But that's
2: all. It's all fluff text. It's all background material. It's not. It's not mm-hmm. mechanics or rules. So
4: no so, gully, gully I mean, dwarves.
2: dwarves. It does not mention gully dwarves at all in the dwarves section. No mention of them at all. We got mountain dwarves and hill
3: dwarves. What oh, about the Dwar? No? Uh, oh, the night. The Nidar.
2: Naid, Any idea they are, which is their version of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but mountain dwarves and hill dwarves are the player options, basically. Oh,
3: okay.
2: Yeah. Other than that, we've got a a bit of talk about two organizations, the Knights of Slamnia and the Mages of High Sorcery. Mm -hmm. Yep. Along with the backgrounds associated with each of those. Mm -hmm. Yep. Again, I think we did mention that one last week as well. Yeah, I think
4: we did. Yeah, a little bit.
2: Yeah. And then a few feats, including divinely favored, Initiate of High Sorcery and Squire of Salamia. Mm. Finally, there's a Sorcerer subclass, which is Lunar Sorcerer, which just brings sorcerers into the moons of magic of Krim. Yeah. just yeah. folds them in. So, mm. so they just kind of work. Yeah. Because all, all magic on Krim comes from those three moons.
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: So that's, yeah. Uh, it's quite a light chapter, really, the, uh, Player's Option chapter. The yeah. only Yeah. The only real mechanics there is, you know, there's background on Dwarf's Elves, and Dunes. There's, Mechanics for Kenda and a couple of backgrounds yeah. and just the subclass. But
3: but this is the first thing where people actually get a feat at character creation officially.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Hmm. So do two so are you allowed to play a variant human and have two feats at character creation?
2: Um I assume so, because you could just play humans from the core rules. Oh really? It doesn't it doesn't sort of say otherwise, so I don't see why you wouldn't be able to. Yeah, yeah. The only honestly the only thing Sort of when it comes to, I mean, they call it, it is calling them races in this, by the way.
4: because it's 5E, yeah. so it's, it's still, yeah. Because yeah, they, yeah. they mm. said got, species is race. for 1D and D. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The only race that is called out in any kind of mechanical manner is the Kenda.
4: Because yeah. it's new. The rest
2: is just kind of essays on, yeah, yeah. On, on the fluff text and, and, and things like that.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah. And that's fair enough, because okay. I get, it's, it's an adventure book, so I, I'm not expecting a huge amount of.
3: Yeah, it's, it's yeah. like, it's a bonus rather than what you're buying it for. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It is an adventure book. And then, and then we jump into the adventure itself, mm-hmm. which is many, many chapters. So look, I mean, the first chapter is like, it's called Prelude to War. Um, this is kind of like an overview. It's got, um, a nice kind of like adventure outline, which is kind of standard these days with a larger it, adventure.
3: It does say adventure flowchart on it. And I'm just, it's not a flowchart because Aww. it's just like,
4: it oh, sense, it's almost specifically it's flowchart. It's,
3: okay. There's a venture okay.
4: flow and then a venture I mean, flowchart. chart. Okay, Let's Let's so screenshot All right, I okay. okay,
3: will show you the screenshot. Screen screen okay.
4: yeah. Technically yeah. screen it's a
2: flowchart, but it's, a, it's not one that has any...
3: like. Deep. So there I am expecting a full-blown Gantt chart with times when everything it's needs to It's basically a more.
2: list of the seven chapters with a small description under easy foot. Oh. But, okay. done, but, put in, but put in boxes. So technically it is a flowchart because they're in boxes. There you go. Yeah,
4: I want to see. There you go. Yeah. What do you think
1: of
3: that?
4: That's not a
2: flow chart. Well. <laughs> That's well like, it, says flo- it says adventure flow chart at the top. But it, I agree, it's a list. That's a lie. they're in
3: boxes. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this is the oh. most annoyed I've been about anything. Ever. <laughs> ever.
3: <laughs> Jet, you just having some outrage there. And I'm yeah. here for it. What do you think, Peter? Is that a flowchart or is it not a flow chart? I, I'm trying to get the damn thing to download So, so. Like.
4: I was like...
2: You were so excited to see this flowchart.
4: Yeah, because I'm just like get, I'm just getting into GMing, and I and I for adventures, I'm gonna write out a like a flowchart thing for like stuff. And I was like, that's yes. great, they've done one, and they have not.
1: Peter, is no. it
2: or is it not a flowchart? I mean,
4: there's not even arrows. <laughs> I, I <laughs> haven't even arrows between the boxes. I, I, I,
2: I, 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 I do think that arrows, arrows
3: are a point a, a requirement
2: of a flowchart. to be fair
4: sorry I'm very emotional it, about this uh,
3: absolutely uh, I I am probably less surprised which is probably why I'm less outraged but i got to say that that does not look much like that word flowchart is doing a lot of heavy lifting <laughs> so if you ever looked at an actual well, flow plot, list of
2: the seven chapters, yeah, yeah.
3: If you ever looked at an actual flowchart, then just take that idea on board and then push it over the edge into the sea and well, take on take board it, well, it's well, a list the list of chapters with what level you're supposed to be when.
4: Just do like, it a flowchart then. Imagine, imagine
3: in your head a flowchart. Yeah. Get rid of all branches and choices. All and arrows. arrows. There's no decision points.
2: No. <laughs> And what you're left with is basically a vertical list list of seven chapters, (laughs) but they're in boxes, which makes it a flow thing. They're they're not
4: even boxes; they've got lines above and below and on the sides.
1: Okay, (laughs) what you like? I don't even have a complete
4: box. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really unhappy with the word flow
1: chart. How it's laid out is actually
4: fine because it does very clearly say what level for each chapter the player should be. Which is great. to
3: To be fair. Yes, if they'd said adventure summary
4: yeah I'd be on board I'd be fine yeah yeah yes. we, like we okay, have this whole summary. tantrum yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, <laughs> but,
3: but, the, but, but the word flowchart does have a meaning and it, this yes this is pushing the boundaries well, yes. too many. I
2: think maybe we spent stuff.
3: quite a long time on the flowchart. I should <laughs> sure. Although it is prime I, content, I feel
4: the, this shouldn't is, be, it should all be left in. But <laughs> yeah, I think this maybe will this will go, not stand. This, this, goes no, to this the has patron. to stay. Okay, no, this has
2: to stay. We can't have only twenty-three people
3: hear that. No, that has <laughs> <Yes>. to stay.
4: <laughs> I think that's the thing I've got most outraged about. What does this say about me? I don't know. I, I, but anyway,
3: it says you know what a flow chart is. Is what it says. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway,
4: after the
2: adventure flow. Slash trial. After the guide <laughs> the summary.
4: After the oh. summary. And it is a good summary, yes, Peter. Thank yeah. you. That's the word it needs to be.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. We need to calm now. We need to calm. We have <sighs> some tea. <laughs> so we then have a quick outline of the Dragon Queen's threat, which is basically a look at Draconians, uh Kinsaldi Fire Eyes, who is one of the villains, mm-hmm. a uh, leader of part of the Red Dragon Army under command of Lord Verminard, and yeah. Mr. Soph himself.
1: Yeah. Lord. Uh, Lord. To you. Sof. <laughs> <laughs> <That's a>
2: jinks <laughs> uh, Then we got um, something about character connections. There's an NPC which basically everyone has to say why they know that NPC. Um, why
4: you are you f- good right. friends with Jackson Elias? Uh,
2: yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly that. Yeah. Um, nice. So it's, it's, it's been Green Strong.
3: Like and it.
2: You're, you're invited to his funeral. Yeah. Oh. And then we have a pronunciation guide. Followed which. by the three adventures. Which oh, obviously adventures.
1: you
3: will never look at. I understand. Um, but the three, event, the three starting adventures, that's actually quite a good idea. Because level one characters are very, very squishy.
2: Yeah. Well, they also, they're designed to introduce you to concepts in yeah. Dragonlance by doing rather than mm-hmm. being told.
1: Which yeah. Which is interesting. The- mm.
2: So the first one is called Broken Silence. And that's mm-hmm. the one where you get the vision of the gods and you find the little temple and your god reveals himself. Okay. These are all really little adventures. They're
3: done, more like extended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know what sort of level one adventure looks like.
2: Yeah. Okay. I in the sky introduces the moons of Kryn and uh, yeah. the Majors of high
3: sorcery. Lunatari, Solinari. Yeah, one. yeah. And
2: yeah. then we have the uh, final one, Newitar? which is called Scales of War, and that introduces some draconians and a farmer, and you have to save it, and you get it to introduced to the draconians. When
4: you say it, do you yeah. mean so the farmer? You want
2: to uh, the farm and
3: the farmer
4: yes the farmer
3: save it the, the farmer's like an appliance <laughs> on the farm yeah. mm. yes you have to save the farm
4: oh okay the farm yeah. okay
3: yeah. yeah and then the farmer
2: works for you after that actually I don't know if you do actually have to save the farmer it was a
4: role playing game can you can do, do it what now. you want you can let it burn <laughs> if you want
2: yeah. no uh, you, no uh, you uh, just have to rescue someone from an ambush you don't even have to save the farm uh,
4: I guess you could if you want to
2: I guess you could if you want to alright there yeah. you go so that's, yeah. that's that yeah,
3: if you feel like going above and beyond yeah
4: and then the we have
2: got the adventure itself. And I don't know how much detail we should go into with that. I, mean, I, don't, much,
4: I, I don't think too much. I think that... that yeah. Yeah. Well, should I just mention
2: each chapter and basically what it is? Yeah,
4: you can use a flow chart.
2: I can use a flow chart. So, <laughs> so the first one... You've he, he got part of
3: Guinness there, Jess. It <laughs>
2: sounds pretty bitter. <laughs> the first one is called When Home Burns. Mm-hmm. second to third level characters, and you visit the village of Vogler and protect its people from invasion. Uh-huh. And this is the first sort of encounter with dragon armies, you know, D- making their first moves.
1: D- then you got D- chapter
2: four, Shadow of War. You ally with the forces of Calaman and face off against the dragon army. Then in the mm-hmm. Northern Wastes, they for six to seventh characters. You follow some agents of the dragon army into a deadly wasteland in search of a magical ruin. hmm uh, chapter six is City of Lost Names, eighth to ninth level characters. Dragon army commanders seek to reawaken the city of lost names as a flying war machine. The characters must navigate the occupied ruin and be- try to prevent this. So, this is basically the first sight of a flying citadel, I guess, which become more of a thing later mm-hmm. mm. in Dragon Wars. And then finally, the siege of Calaman. The tenth level characters are higher. Armed with a flying citadel. Oh, I guess they fail then. The dragon army besieges Calaman.
3: Spoilers. Well, Characters mm-hmm.
2: must protect the city and destroy the deadly magical weapon because they failed to stop it being reawakened in the previous chapter.
1: Mm.
2: There you go. That is the adventure part of the, of, the, of, the, of the. I mean, we can go into more detail. I, I guess not. Eh,
4: if you're not sold by those taglines, nothing. Well,
2: yeah. Da. I mean, we've got we've got like gear. We've got a lot of dependencies We can dive, dive into. Here. I, yes, yeah. I would
4: like to because I can see a gnome flinger on there. So I'd like to discuss so that. that.
2: Well, I can tell you what that is. Me too. Right? Yeah. That's a transportation device. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. It's like a giant catapult. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings you to your destination.
4: Yeah. Question. E?
3: Yes. Yeah.
4: How does said gnome, because I assume it's mm-hmm. not die upon arrival? Oh,
3: it will do up to medium-sized creatures very happily.
4: Okay, great. Mm-hmm. How would a medium-sized creature... Not die, because I feel like if you put a person in a big catapult and flung them a distance, when they got mm-hmm. to the other end, they would not be well.
2: Well, there is another device called the N- Nary Crash. The Nary Crash? It's a black sized device holds a balloon-based parachute. <laughs> if you fall while wearing this <laughs> okay, device, great. you can use your reaction to deploy mm-hmm. the parachute. So-
4: Important. Once
2: okay. deployed, deploy, the parachute rapidly inflates, and you descend 60 feet per round and take no damage. When you are ten feet away from the ground, roll it in twenty for five or less. So the parachute gives out, and you begin to fall normally.
4: Okay, so pull it in time. and so that so is actually mm-hmm.
2: actually different to how it used to be in the books. Oh, how is yes. it different? You didn't get a parachute. No, they used no. a net. They used they tried to catch you with a
3: net. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you just got into the thing. You shout <laughs> out what floor you want to go to, and then the steam powered catapult shot you into the air. And the theory is that the net would catch you. And if it doesn't... Yeah. That, then the next... There's net, a, there's a floor, secondary
2: deployment. Yeah,
3: of a nest Yeah.
2: And then if that doesn't catch
3: you... That, I mean, it, you just keep on going until you run out of floors with nets to be able to catch you. And then
2: the final the final deployment is
3: of... Well, it's actually a two-phase deployment, because first a giant bucket of sponges opens up, and then a huge <laughs> bo- uh, a huge barrel of water opens up. Yes. I, so this was a clean-up.
4: I do... No, I don't want to be that person, but this does feel <laughs> like a health and safety nightmare.
3: I mean, I've got to say, Dragonlance Osha's remit does not extend to gnome inventions. <laughs> so has that answered your <laughs> question about the Gnome-flinger, Jess? Yes.
4: May I have another question? Yes. You have as many questions as you
2: like, Jess. It's not limited. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Great. There isn't, there isn't a finite number of questions. Uh, I don't have to be anywhere until I have to be at your house at six o'clock tomorrow morning. Okay. So we can keep going all night. All right. right. I have
4: to be somewhere at eight. Um, no. I'm playing. That's the lyrics that you're I, placing
2: I, upon this question and answer session. It is, it is four, actually F-Y-R-A. on this
4: computer, so I could, but. But anyway, moving on. My second question. Mm. I would like to discuss the other Gnome Siege weapon, the Boiler drat. Mm-hmm.
2: The Boiler drag. Mm. Okay. So this is like a wagon that yes. looks a bit like a dragon.
4: Nice. A wagon dragon. And you light will. it and yeah. aim it,
2: and yeah. it can shoot flames out of its mouth in a 60 foot
3: cone. A nemes flame for a tank. Well, kind that sounds, of, yes. That sounds as designed dangerous to, to use. Designed to look like a dragon. Yeah,
4: I like it. That sounds
3: as dangerous to use. Has it? Has it? I mean, I wouldn't stand within two hundred feet of that thing.
2: If you roll a one,
3: yes. When when you when
2: when it breathes, you roll a d twenty. You roll two to twenty. It does a breath weapon. If you roll yes. a one, it explodes in a thirty foot radius, and everyone makes a DC fifteen dexterity saving throw or takes five d ten fire damage.
3: Look, I'm just going to say it. Gnomish toasters have a minimum safe distance to be used, all <laughs> right? <laughs>
4: yeah. I so, I like this. This is giving me ideas. Like, I kind of want to play a Gnomish, like, Tinkerer-type kind of inventor in good. the Dragonlance oh,
3: campaign
2: is now. A, that, is, that is a Dragonlance option.
3: Yes. Yeah.
2: I'm looking at the Hoopak, which is a kender
1: weapon.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Scary whistle this, at one end. Cat, slingshot or catapult? I never could So one it's out. a sling
2: at one end and a pointed tip at the other. Yeah. And also, well, doesn't mention, though, doesn't mention that at all.
3: Doesn't mention what? that at all. The unearthly hand so of the hoop pack is you get a, a choice, you, yeah. move.
2: you get a choice whether Something. to do melee piercing damage or bludgeoning range damage with it. It's mm-hmm. basically it. Right. No, no funny noise, nothing. So what's it? D4, bludgeon,
3: D4 plus D, D, d6
2: melee, D4 yeah. ranged.
3: Right. Okay. That's it.
2: That's it. That's right. all it does.
3: Yeah, I think that's quite good. Hmm. Huh. First style, but yeah, yeah. And
2: then we got details from <laughs> the dragon lance, the flying citadel helm, mm-hmm. which is yeah. the thing you wear to pilot the flying citadel, the that. kaganesty forest shroud, and the mirror of mm-hmm. reflected past. Oh, the mirror so of, of ver- year, right?
4: reflected past sounds kind of emo. What's that?
3: You want to know what that is? Yeah, <laughs> oh,
4: okay. uh, sounds, uh, sounds, is that, sounds kind is of golf. that not like
3: from the book when that green dragon had taken over like somebody's exactly. brain, the silver nasty chap? Silver yeah, the king. Eggs. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, Cyan Bloodplane was the uh, yeah, that's was, was the dragon. Yeah, Ooh. and he took over the silver-nested king.
3: Yeah, yeah. Did he not yeah. use this mirror reflected No, pulse? he had a, dra- a dragon orb. Oh, right, right. Yes, he did. So he did. Thank you. Oh, anyway, yeah. sorry. Please continue. So
2: this is a mirror of elven design. Mm-hmm. And if you stare into it, you can reflect on positive memories. Oh, that's nice. It's a three-foot mirror. Yes. Uh, you can use an action to speak its command word. It hovers in the air. Hmm.
1: Uh,
2: Yeah, um, if you see your reflection in the mirror, you must save. DC 15 Wisdom saving throw will become paralysed until it's deactivated or until you can no longer see it. You can repeat this saving throw at the end of each of your turns, but while paralysed, you can see events from your past in the mirror's glass. These aren't real, but idealised versions of those occurrences.
3: Oh, so false happy memories.
2: Yes.
4: Yeah, sometimes we need those. I imagine in war times, you're like, yeah, sure.
2: All right, all Okay. okay. That's that. Let's have a look at the dragon lance. What does a dragon lance do?
4: I imagine it dragon lance dragon. D12
2: damage. Plus three bonus to attack and damage rolls. When you hit a dragon, it takes an extra 3d6 force damage. And Ooh. any dragon of your choice that you can see within 30 feet can immediately use its reaction to make a melee attack. So that would be the dragon you're riding, usually. Right, you right, right, right. Okay. I think that's what that's supposed to be. Ooh. I don't know why they didn't just say the dragon you're riding, but...
3: I, yeah. Um, I suppose. Um, what any, other dragon is going to be within 30 feet of you if you're not what, fighting what, it? What about the dragon you're fighting?
2: Well, you wouldn't... I suppose technically, yes,
3: you can offer it a free, free attack. I mean... Is it a dragon of your choice or just dragons you can see? Because Any dragon of your choice that you can your see choice, within okay. 30 feet of you. Right, right. Okay, okay, so the of your choice bit does make it a mm. lot better.
2: Yeah. But you're only going to choose the dragon you're liking. You're not going to choose a dragon that you're not liking. Well, who knows? You could choose anything. Again, I'm not anything. your dad. Mm-hmm. Choose, choose what you
1: want.
2: Yeah. If you've got anyway. multiple dragons within thirty feet of you, I think you've got. Uh, they got reaction.
3: That. You, you got. It's your reaction. You can only have one. Sorry. Mm. All right. Right. So that's that. Okay. okay. Then we got. Did you yeah. talk about what a far gap was? Cause what a what was? Oh, a far gap. Oh, okay. It's going to be some sort of like walkie-talkie or something, isn't it?
2: Um. Yes, yeah, a backpack size
3: walkie-talkie. Right. So radio telephone. Yeah, not just like names. in, like, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, just like in the. Okay, it's got a range of ten feet.
4: That's not very it's far. A backpack size walkie-talkie. Could Are you, you not just sure yeah. It's got
2: a range of ten feet. The message emits from the speakers of the device. Yes. And can be heard up to ten feet away from the device. Oh no, the receiving device, which has right. been. Uh, there we go. I was like, what? Okay, so the receiving device could be 18 miles away. You could do a short message, of wow. 25 words or less, and then it speaks it aloud, and you can hear it from up to 10 feet away from... Yeah, okay. That makes Persons. me look I was like, because
4: you would just speak to somebody. Yeah. Why, would you, yeah, exactly. why, why are you like exactly. this? What's happening? Um, but they
3: are, they are tinker gnomes, I mean... <laughs> you
4: could use so, that. So
3: basically, you'd have it has like a central command control hub with like, I don't know, 30 or 40 of these sending devices and then each unit has a receiving device maybe
2: no no i think they're all the same they're all backpacks which can send and receive
3: right but it's got a but yeah sure okay um (laughs) let's not worry about you're expecting
2: logic from this what do you what do you
3: want no what listeners really (laughs) want to know the answer to us and this is very important what d twenty? what what is the chance of exploding this doesn't explode what? I know is, it's sad. That's reliable. Is it not made by gnomes? I don't understand.
2: I know it's sad. I think we should through
3: one in. Like,
2: okay. Well, well, d twenty when you use it, and if you roll a one or more, it explodes. A one
3: or more. And... <laughs> 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 now you're thinking like a gnome just.
4: <laughs> one no, or, or on S more is even worse. So though?
1: not
2: hundred percent. <laughs> If you got a one, it explodes and does thunder damage. It does five d ten thunder damage to you. There or you if it's
4: more than you'll... one, it's hard. The damage is halved.
3: <laughs> yeah, you feel better <laughs> now. Perfect for your level one party.
2: <laughs> okay, let's talk about let's talk about monsters, friends and foes. Okay, can't talk about all of them, but hmm. we could talk about some of them. We could talk hmm. about we talked about dragon draconians last week, so I don't hmm. need to go into those again. Yeah. Okay, we could talk about um, a a, uh, a certain Lord Soth.
4: Yeah. You know? I hear he's the See
2: Darth the, Vader is of Night? the world. You
4: did that? hear that chat. some nice
2: So I have seen um, a lot of chatter on the forums that Lord Soth has the strage problem. Ah. Oh. That a decent level party will trounce him in, in a round or two. Yes. He's got 228 hit points and an mm. AC of 18. Yes. Uh And he's kind of the big bad in an adventure that goes up to level 13.
1: Oof,
3: like, 220 hit points. It's not a lot. I mean, he'll last, like, two, three rounds, level 10, mm. maybe.
4: And you're meant to go up against him at when you're at, like, 11th level.
3: I guess, That's yeah. That's when
4: yeah.
3: the... I mean, he's challenged 19,
2: so he's a yeah. little... I think ordinary death knights is 17 or something. Um, he, I think yeah. he's a little a couple of... Yeah, that just means
3: time. he hits super hard. So. Does he have
4: funky abilities and stuff? It, that
2: it, I think he actually, yeah. So he's got um, he's got a nasty sword, obviously. Uh, cataclysmic fire, which is basically a fireball, which does ten d six fire damage and ten d six necrotic damage, so twenty d six damage in total. Crikey,
3: that's quite a lot of damage.
4: Yeah. My face looked like an the emoji. Then I was so shocked. Mm.
3: Um, if you, uh, according uh, to uh, Paul Hughes. Uh when you hit thirteenth level the maximum monster CR that won't one shot you on a reliable basis is nineteen. Okay. So that does it. but if you if you go Well he
2: does have some mm, pretty powerful you know he can do yeah, yeah. he can do twenty D6 damage to you. He can use his word of death
3: yeah. which is kind of his version of power word
2: kill.
4: Is the word so you make death? A DC
3: nineteen constitution savings row. Yeah, are these spell like abilities, or are they spells? Uh these are just actions. Yikes, okay. So, so can't be counter spelled. Yeah. That's going to be a big problem.
2: So you take 100 points of necrotic damage from that. Okay. Or, or 50 if you make the save. So if yeah. you've got 50 hit points or less, you're dead. Yeah. There's no getting out of that. Um If you fail the save, if you've got 100 points or less, you're dead. If you're reduced to zero hit points, you mm. die immediately as well. You don't get to save those. those. Yeah. So it's instant death. And you so can only do that guns. once a day. Yeah. Uh, and he's also got a bit spell casting. Not a lot. Um Not... The wall of ice that he traditionally had. Mm. He used to have wall of ice, didn't he? Um, yeah. But he, he has banishment cast at sixth level, dispel oh. magic hold person at third level, and command at third level.
3: Huh. Uh, I am going to say that if Lord Soft banishes you and mm. concentrates for a full minute, you can cast banishment on yourself to get back to your home plane. There you go. Top dealing tip.
2: I don't think he'd use it on you though, would he? You? He'd use it on something that he's sending back to its
3: home plane. I mean, like I said. S- sending an adventurer to a different plane seems like a pretty fun use of time.
1: Mm.
3: Nah, yeah. I mean it'd be very boring for your barbarian, but yeah, yeah that's just the rescue you play. He's also got an ability called Martial
2: Undead. He and undead creatures of his choice within sixty feet are immune to features that turn undead. Okay. which is quite useful. Wow. Magic resistance, advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Mm-hmm. Three legendary resist- resistances, bunch of condition immunities. Yeah, just sanded on dead ones.
3: Um, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, that's basically
3: him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's tough, but I don't think he's uh, yeah, like super, 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 super tough. Well, what super, kind super
0: of tough.
3: S- yeah. Super, super, tough, super tough. Yeah. I mean, like, he's going to have a bad time, I suspect, even with advantage that he's, no, I don't know. Yeah, mm. it's, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, he's fairly chunky, but he will need like, a, like, horde of dudes, I think. Mm. To yeah, which he does have, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. He does have a
2: wall of dudes. He has a whole bunch 12. of skeletal knights. Mm. So, skeletal knights, which accompany him. These are challenge seven. Nice. So, they're quite, ch- they're quite chunky as well. Mm. 18 AC, 112 hit points, um, nasty melee weapon attacks. Yeah, they're, they're quite, they're quite, they're
3: quite nasty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, 12, 14. So, if you got two of those mm. for a party of five, that's pr- Lord and two of those for a party of five, that would be a hard battle. Hmm, okay. Uh according to Paul, yeah. Who knows? Okay, what? what if what if you have like six of
2: them in a party of five?
3: Six of them in a party five. Hmm. Uh you're gonna be struggling, I reckon. It's gonna mess you up. Yeah, uh six of them would be what, thirty five plus nineteen? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's gonna be that's gonna be north of um that's gonna be north of the deadly battle by some way. Okay. Let's yeah. uh let's have a
2: look at what the battle actually is then. Mm. I have to find it. Characters need to be ingenious as they can't hope to beat Lord Soth by direct confrontation. I'm not entirely sure, that's true. Okay. Um, so, these least one of the goals in the Citadel is to un, unseat Lord Soth. Hm. Mm. Scrolling through pages and pages to find it. But I do want to know what the encounter with him looks like.
3: Because, mm, mm. like, yeah, that's, that's going to be a fairly. If, I mean, if it's him on his own,
2: point. I think he's. Oh, gonna be no, going
3: to go for something. The action economy is going to ruin him. Like, four actions and he gets, what, some legendary actions? I mean, it would last a bit, but. Gotta be drawn out. Here we go.
2: Lord Soth's throne room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lord Soth is piloting the Citadel. Yeah. I think it's just him.
3: Oh. Mm. Huh. Yeah, it's just him. Uh. So. But you can confront him
2: with the mirror of reflected pasts. I mean, sure. He fails all savings rows to resist its effects and becomes paralyzed for one hour.
3: Yeah. I mean. So that's how they
2: want you to defeat him. I just don't. I just think. High uh, level part, he probably can do it anyway.
3: I mean, uh, like you get to about level nine, level ten, it becomes a hard battle. Mm. But there is a strong chance that if he gets a ga- if he if he if he gets like a proper go, he could take down. He, at he, least one
2: he can hit really hard, but yeah. he can't last long.
3: I think no, that's what it no, is. I, I, I don't. It's it's yeah, it's pretty trivial to be honest. He needs twice as many hit points. Uh, maybe maximized. Would work how many hit dice does he have 24d8 plus 120? 24d8 plus 120. Uh, since my tiny brain that no longer readily does 24 times 8, I'll say that's 192 plus 120, 312 hit points. Yeah, all right, an extra 100 or so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that'll be about right. And I'll probably throw it, it depends on what the party level if they speed run it. I'll definitely throw in a couple of Death Knights because they're capable of speed running this module. Yeah. So, yeah, give them something to chew on.
2: The other things we have are uh, Death Dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got greater and lesser Death Dragons. Oh, nice. Um they've got a Cataclysmic Breath, ghostly purple flames. Um, if you die yes. in that breath, um, you oh, turn into precisely. a zombie under the dragon's control. That doesn't oh, that's sound be embarrassing. Doesn't sound fun, no. Yeah. No, there so you a, are with a, your a level
3: now, level ten barbarian. It comes back as a yeah. as a like so a greater one is quarter zombie. Yeah, yeah.
2: A greater one is challenge fourteen, a lesser one is challenge ten.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, we got
2: Kansaldi Fire Eyes, which is the other main villain, who's a challenge eleven cleric.
3: Yeah,
2: with a glowing red oob- ruby ruby ruby. I can't, I can't say <laughs> the <it's laughs> w- ruby a embedded w- in her w- left w- oh so, uh, her left eye socket. Oh,
4: that's not a good place to put it.
2: That's that's
3: where eyes oh. comes from. It's like you know, uh, presumably sees lost an eye.
2: It functions okay.
3: as a gem of seeing. Yeah, and so she's yeah. got a replacement one. Technically, an upgrade. Pretty sweet. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So there's a bunch of other monsters. There's dragon elves, which are kind of like small dragons. They could have just used wyverns, to be honest, I guess. But dragon I elves, uh, draconians.
3: Oh, okay. Yep.
2: Kender skirmishers.
3: <sighs>
2: I don't even want to look at that. No. Red Ruin is a Dragonel flying ace, the Red Baron, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, her actual name is unknown. She's known as Red Ruin. She rarely removes her distinctive Dragonel-shaped helmet.
1: Okay. Yeah,
2: so the, she's got the Red Baron on the, on the side of the Dragon Armies.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, and, and some other stuff. There's Calaman soldiers, Astarian drones, uh, 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 Calaman soldiers.
3: Did I say that? Uh, I think I mentioned it. Draconians. yeah. yeah
2: so, yeah, okay. yeah so let's uh, share uh, Monsters and Foes section. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we've got a s- appendices, appendix on sidekicks. the six sidekicks you could use. NPCs that accompany you. Okay. We're going into those. They're first level characters.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like sidekicks, they were introduced in. Essentials? The Essentials? I can't remember when they
2: were introduced, but basically you get a a first-level character stat block, and then you get a list of things to change at each level.
3: Yeah, yeah. And that's like to come and support your characters as they're doing things. Like, potentially, if you've only got a small group of, like, two players, this will round it out and stop them from being... Yeah.
2: And then the last two chapters are concept art and maps. There's a lovely, lovely, lovely big map of Anselon, which is, uh, if you get the actual book... It's a yes. poster It's beautiful.
3: Nice, 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 nice.
2: Let me show you it. It is a beautiful oh, please. Beautiful. So just for reference.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So jazz. Mm-hmm. um, so where we will be playing next year, mm-hmm. if you look sort of a third of the way across and about halfway down, there's Abanasinia. There's mm-hmm. a quad an SD below it. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, oh yeah. Where do you say?
2: So Abanasinia.
4: Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah. So that's, that's where we'll be playing. Oh cool. Or starting at least. Okay. Some you. Um, where this adventure is set is if you go up to Salamnia, mm-hmm. straight up to the landmass above it, yeah. and then to the right, you'll see Calaman up there. Oh,
1: okay.
4: Oh, yeah.
2: So that's where that is.
4: So very far away.
2: Yeah. And that Ooh. Blood Sea of Istar over on the right is where yeah. the there used to be a nation called Istar there.
3: Yeah.
2: And then that mountain hit it, and now there's a sea there instead.
3: Yeah. It happened. So, yeah. To, to be fair, the bloke was starting. So yeah. He did it. He was
2: asking oh. for it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm not sure that everybody else was. Though.
3: No, no, there was a lot of collateral, really. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Anyway, anyway, that is Dragon Hunts. I mean, I like the look of it. Yep. I mm. still think I would prefer to play the original. I will be playing the original. I have got, I have got this on pre-order, mm-hmm. so I'm going to get the actual hard copy. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it looks. I think it looks gorgeous. Is that look nice? And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing Dragons of Despair in January. Yeah. Mm. That's going to be fun. Yeah. And yeah, I mean. Is there anything on there before we finish that you'd want me to look up for you before we go?
3: Uh, no, I think you've uh, gone over it in... I think we've gone over it in exhaustive detail.
2: Yeah. I mean, we missed out most of the adventure itself, but, well, again, yeah. spoilers.
4: spoilers. Yeah. No, I think that's covered it. I think...
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: I won't read any more, just so I don't spoilers and anything. This
2: won't spoil you for Dragons of Despair, because it's an entirely different story. I know, yeah,
4: yeah. but, well, that's true. So it doesn't
3: even overlap, really. It doesn't
4: overlap, no. so I could... No. Okay then. Maybe no. I, you maybe I probably, will. You
3: could probably probably have a punt if you felt like it at reading the chronicle series or something. If you wanted, I feel. That no, mean? don't be, don't be haven't oh, Okay, enough, that that would spoil it. Then I should right. not. Yeah,
2: right. Well, on that note, I think we're done. Huzzah! We have finished. Let's get out of here.